welcome to the rankings of podcast that answers the age-old question what are some pg rated movies that would thrive with an r-rated remake which might be our longest episode title yet by the way uh i'm danny weiser with me as always is my co-host and the peter pan neverland nightmare to my winnie the pooh blood and honey it's ty mcgowan ty what's up dude have you seen blood and honey yet it seems like a movie that's no, right up your alley <laughs> i'm not gonna watch winnie the pooh blood and honey I don't know. I, you seem like someone who would love that kind of thing. What does that mean? Uh, you kn- you know what it means, Danny. I don't. Please Danny, elaborate. You, I Danny, need to you know what know, that means about me. Danny, you know what it means. I'm not. This is the most offended not I've even, ever been. I'm not even gonna, you know, give it any any attention because this is just ridiculous. You Ty, know what you it should. I, you're <laughs> gaslighting me, and I don't like it. Whatever. I, like I mean, that, you mean, that's your opinion, I guess. Does he wear pants in this one? I don't know. You, do you know why Winnie the Pooh is banned in China? Doesn't wear pants? No, because he like looks like one of their leaders. So they banned <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> that's hilarious, honestly. I, I did. I know that, but that's super funny. Yeah. Um, all right, this, uh, this is an idea that Shane gave to us a, a little while back. We've just been kind of trying to figure out the right time to do it but this is one of those ideas that he shared and i immediately was like that's the best idea i've ever heard shane's got a twisted mind (laughs) shane's messed up he's a messed up (laughs) dude we've been talking all week about starting a production company that just takes like childhood classics that uh have expired out of their copyrights and just making twisted messed up movies about it yeah um and of course we know shane incredibly wealthy multimillionaire king of hollywood no problem (laughs) for him to do that so um, yeah, this is this is an idea he had that I we've been wanting to do for a hot minute because it's just kind of an incredible idea. Yeah. Um, do you I keep in mind just, though? Just... We are still there are still a group of twelve year olds that listen to this podcast. So. Yeah. So we we have to be somewhat appropriate. We have just peek behind the curtain. Are sort of considering doing another version of this episode for our Patreon. Uh, at some point where we don't have to make it appropriate for the <laughs> for the middle schoolers to listen to. So yeah. if that sounds interesting to you and you're a patron, let us know and we'll we'll get it done. But yeah. we're, we're kind of kicking around the idea. Um, Ty, your list A. Okay. Uh, my honorable mentions theme for this episode is SNL movie parodies. Um, okay. So, uh, first one is The Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders. This is the Wes Anderson horror movie. Um, I am including this one because it makes fun of every Wes Anderson movie, and there are some PG. Most of his movies are surprisingly rated R, which you really wouldn't guess. Um, But um, this does make fun of some PG movies that he has. The one PG movie that he has, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So, it counts. Um, my second one is Bambi. Um, this is, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson plays Bambi and he's hunting all the, uh, all the hunt hunters. He's just killing the hunters. Um, Vin Diesel plays Thumper. Um, uh, I would watch this movie. Someone who does Luda plays someone. It's basically just the fast, fast and furious cast. Plus (laughs) the rock as bambi and he's just killing well, the rock was in the rock was in some of the fast and furious movies. i count him as a secondary character because he's such an a-hole to vin diesel that is true and is you true. know i i protect my family uh, right yeah <laughs> of course 
Um, and then my number one, I actually think this would be a better, 100% would be a better version of this movie. It's Grouch, where it's uh, David Harbour plays Grouch, but it's basically just the movie Joker. And it's as he slowly is transforming into Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. So, yeah, that, that, those are my honorable mentions. All right, my, my honorable mentions, I did that thing where it's uh, – I don't know if it's cheating. It's just different than what we normally do. I just have one pick, but it is like a pick that has multiple parts, I guess. So my honorable mention is the entire Harry Potter franchise. Okay. Just all of it. All all eight movies. I think it would be so interesting if they just got dove really deep into the dark magic side of things. John Wick shows up with a gun. <laughs> it would be sick. Okay. Uh, I I just think there's a whole side of the wizarding world that like we sort of got to peek into but didn't get to dive into like I think would be really interesting. Um just the dark side of the wizarding world that you make it rated R with like gory and messed up and evil people and see what people are capable of doing with magic. I think it'd be fascinating. Yeah, I'm in for it. Yeah, so oh. I just it it I just wanted to make that my entire my whole honorable mention since there's technically like eight movies, so I'll just combine it into one. I'm down. I'm so into this. Um, Be so good. Okay, my number ten. Um, so this movie technically already exists. This version of this movie, I don't know if it would be rated R. Maybe you have to add some stuff in to make it rated R. Uh, but I want Cats, um, the 2019 <laughs> musical. I want the butthole cut. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Why do you want the butthole cut? I want the butthole cut, Danny. <laughs> Why? I want it. I want the butthole it's cut. Bad and weird. I want I want oh. a rated R version of Cats. I just don't like that there now is a soundbite that exists of you saying, I want the butthole cut over and over again. I want it. I, 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 think, it would, I think it would produce uh, a lot of people to the theaters. I think a lot of people would go. Um, it would really reinvigorate people's love. For yeah, the but theaters. not the kind of people that you want in public around people. <laughs> like it's, it wouldn't attract a savory Look, sort. Of Danny, I want the butthole cut, and I'm I'm not I'm not going to budge on this. <laughs> you should apologize, honestly. I <laughs> wish you would. It's awful. Oh God. Okay. Um, my number ten is one of those movies that probably should actually be PG-13, but it was rated PG, but I wanted, I wanted them to just dive in and make it rated R. Uh, it's Ghostbusters. I think if they just dive in, same cast, similar story, but dive into the horror elements of it and make ghosts that are actually scary. So more, for, so like more horror, less busted makes me feel good, is what you're saying? Okay, I, I don't want to say less. Okay. <laughs> Are I don't want to remove that. Are you going to keep the Dan Aykroyd fellatio ghost scene? Ooh, no. <laughs> Gross, weird. Um, that's a PG movie. That scene isn't a PG movie. Isn't that wild? Yeah, so I, I stayed away from movies like this because, like, today they would just already be rated R. Like Ghostbusters, that would, P- that would be PG thirteen probably. It doesn't. I don't I, know that it goes quite into R. But I stayed away from any movies that like were made way back when when PG didn't mean what it means today. Yeah, this is the one that I have that's like that and I have it at my number 10 for that specific reason. 
Um, but yeah, I think if they just dove into like giving me ghosts that are actually scary that that aren't just big fat green blobs, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Dude, the, and let the them cuss puff, more. Stay puff marshmallow man was terrifying. <laughs> was it? <laughs> just give me an actual scary end villain. Let Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd cuss more. Uh, that's that's the Ghostbusters I want. Um. Okay. Whatever you say, man. Um. My number nine. What does that mean? I don't know. I didn't know a good. Very se- sassy. I didn't know a good segue. Uh, for that. You're very sassy tonight is because we just got done talking about a he got game. Um. But uh, my number nine is I don't know if you remember this movie. It terrified me as a kid. But it's called the Black Cauldron. It was like an old Disney animated movie. Um. So like, think like. It, it's like an old. Like not Arth- it's like Arthurian type of movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was terrifying as a kid. Uh, it was one of the first Disney animated movies. But I'm thinking, like, make this an R-rated live action fantasy and like get Peter Jackson to direct it. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that a lot. Um, in a in a similar vein, it's not on my list. It's not on your list either. But that made me think of like James and the Giant Peach. Doing yeah. similar, like making that an R-rated. I, I, I assume that's PG. God, that movie was so creepy as a kid. Those yeah. Big spiders. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I like the idea of <laughs> making that like a big epic. It would be a cool story. Um, my number nine is Frozen. So when you when you think about the movie Frozen, there I is... I hate this. A, there's a central... Oh, hold on. Let me explain. There's There's a central plot of betrayal and revenge um elsa kind of loses her mind and goes on a bit of a destructive rampage there for a hot minute i want that amped up i want that cranked up to 11 i want the betrayal to hit even harder i want revenge to be like her driving force i want her rampage to be way more destructive and way more graphic and way more intense um i think that would be a killer movie interesting yeah. Why do you hate it? I don't know. I just. I mean, I, I don't like the. Ori- I don't like the original. So I guess I just don't I, want another version of it. So when you think about when you think about the main story, there's so many things in there that you could go dark and amp them up with, but still stay with the central theme. That would be pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. My number eight. So this version already does exist, but it's on paper. Exists on paper. I'm going Peter Pan. So going another Disney yeah. animated movie. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the original story of Peter Pan, um, how Peter kept the Lost Boys young the whole time is he just killed them when they got older and then lured other kids to uh, Neverland because boys are easier to trick than girls, and that's why they're all boys, that's which true. is – that's a fact. That's true. That's just um, yeah. But he kills them when they get older, and that's why – they stay young forever. So they actually Gross. don't stay young forever. They just age out and he murders them. They are making an R rated like the it's the people that made Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. They're the ones making this Peter Pan. Are that you think they're gonna do that story? No. They're also someone is making uh a Peter Pan Pan and Wendy or something. Peter and Wendy. Um uh the guy that directed the Green Knight. Um Okay. He's from Texas, but uh, yeah, they're making and that Lowry, also. Lowry, is that right? Yeah. Lowry? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm actually pretty busy that day. I don't think I'll be able to to hit that one in the theater. So sorry, a lot going on. You if you're in the Patreon, please request that as a uh, as an episode. God, I really <laughs> don't want to watch another David Lowry movie. Um, okay, my my number eight is a movie that we both love, uh, and that I think could dive into some of the things and some of the imagery and be rated R pretty easy. It's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Ooh, yeah. It's post-apocalyptic. This is PG. Um, yeah, it's PG. I mean, it came out in the 80s, so oh, yeah, that might right. be why. Um, but I, th- it's post-apocalyptic, and so they could really amp that up a lot. Um, <clears throat> the dudes that show up and attack the village, like that could be way more gruesome and way more violent and a lot darker. Um, and I just want really cool Nausicaa character like I want to see more of her being heroic and awesome and protecting her people um, in a bit of a darker themed movie with like the stakes cranked up and the visuals cranked up. I think this could actually be like a really awesome action movie. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I like that. It'd be sick. Can you imagine like an R rated high budget, how scary those monsters would be? What are they called? Like ohms or something? Those, yeah. They're the just like creatures. Bugs. Like giant bugs. Yeah. You could make those so like grotesque and gnarly, I think, if you had a decent budget and an R rating, that it would be so sick. The the scene of them at the end where they're just like there's hundreds of them just stampeding would be so intense looking. Yeah, that'd be insane. Who's directing that? Guillermo del Toro, probably. Ooh, love that. Yeah, yeah. love that a lot. Um, okay, my number seven, this recent movie came out in twenty twenty two, uh Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, I just think, yeah, I just think with that, that writing room, those actors, like let, let this be R rated. It's so much funnier R rated. And honestly, you don't have to change that many jokes. You basically keep the movie exactly the same. You just let them cuss and let them like improv. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be hilarious, especially with all those people that were involved. (laughs) I'm super in on that same story, same cast, same writers, let them drop F bombs. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be way better. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, my number seven. I'm sticking with an animated movie. I'm going with Shrek. Okay. Um, reasons are the big one. Again, I want cussing. I want Mike Myers as this ogre screaming in a Scottish accent. I want him to be able to cuss people out. I want him to cuss out Eddie Murphy. I think that would be hilarious. Um, I also want him to just go absolutely ham on everybody that shows up on a swamp and just like a big, strong ogre, ogre just absolutely annihilate them uh, in ways that would re- require an R rating. That would be awesome. But the biggest one is I want Shrek to cuss. I want Shrek to say the F word. Okay. A bunch. It'd yeah. And then like a lot of like very Scottish cuss words that people yeah. don't realize are really inappropriate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I want out of a rated Shrek remake. <laughs> Um, okay, my number six. This remake is going to be directed by Jordan Peele. Okay. It's Smart House. So yeah. this time, the Smart House is murdering people. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so I'm thinking like some like high tech, you know, some billionaire built this house and is getting this family to live in there for the first time as like a like a project. Like they get to live there for free as long as they like beta test it and then it just starts murdering people dude the shining but it's the hotel is fighting back basically yeah directed by jordan peele 
Oh, I'm in. It's like a cabin in the mountains that this rich man, he bought the whole mountain and built no. his house on it so you no. can't get out of it. No, it's in the middle of the suburbs. Oh. <laughs> they just all the doors are closed and they can't escape. Yeah, cuz you have to have the uh you have to have the party scene where the kids throws a party and like two kids go missing and they're like <laughs> stuck somewhere in this like storage closet in the basement or something. They get murdered. The house and, is just yeah. The house is just preparing dinner. And he's like, Billy, you didn't do very good on your homework. And starts throwing knives at him. Yep. <laughs> it's so intense. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, okay. A lot of my... Disney. I have a lot of Disney stuff on, on my Me list. too. I've got, a couple, I've got a couple in a row here. This one's Pixar. But um, my number six, uh, we're going a totally different story and a different kind of perspective. But I want the idea of this. I'm going with Inside Out. Except instead of the emotions inside the mind of a learning sweet child, we're inside the mind of like a crazy person. Oh, like a serial killer. Yeah, we're inside the oh, mind of like a career So like a Fincher. Criminal. Fincher's version of Inside yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, David, David Fincher's Inside Out, just seeing that how the different like emotions and thought processes and memories and synapses of, of this just like psychopath who is just on this crime spree and seeing how his emotions are like making this person act and what they're saying and thinking it would be so dark and then you go into the mind of like the like very like down on his luck detective who's like right on the edge of being you know a terrible person but like not so much to where we can still root for him played by like (laughs) colin farrell yeah 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 yeah. and he's He's paired up with the cop who's uh, or the detective who's a week away from retirement. Doesn't want any more big cases, but Kurt Russell. He's been hu- he's been hunting this guy for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so it it'd be so sick, dude. This is a good one. I like that. Um, okay, my number five. This is my pick for the next uh, Robbie P. Batman movie. So Matt okay. Reeves, same director. Uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. So this is the okay. movie that came from the Batman animated. Uh, show that came out Mm -hmm. back in the day uh it's freaking awesome it's such a good storyline no one has used it i have no idea why no one has used it because it's like a perfect storyline that they can just pluck out and use um but yeah i'm going with batman mask of the phantasm for my my number five i'm very excited to hear shane talk about that because i'm sure he'll have lots of really cool ideas and yeah maybe reasons for why nobody's done anything like that before but i think shane talked about that would be cool Okay, my number five, um, this is centered around a character that we have talked about a weird amount uh, as being kind of a bad person, uh, and I want to just let them fully embrace that. It's Toy Story. Okay. Woody Woody succeeds in killing Buzz this time. Quentin Tarantino's Toy Story. And he he succeeds night one killing Buzz. He's not done. He's going... He's going to keep going until he's the only toy left that Andy can play with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Quentin Tarantino's uh, Mm -hmm. Toy Story. Woody kills a bunch of people and then, like, weirdly, like, drops the N-word for, like, no reason (laughs) in, like, Act 3. Yeah. Forces Lil Bo Peep to take her shoes off for no reason at one point. Show me those shoes. (laughs) They're they're, they're plastic. They're plastered on my feet. I can't remove them. Okay, then I'll cut your feet off. Like, okay, sweet Tarantino. Listen, Woody's Woody's a psycho. He's got it 
inside him this whole time. Just let it out. Make this creepy movie. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay. Sorry, I just finished my baseball draft, so I'm, I'm no longer distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my number... Oh, four. I love this one. My number four is Sky High. Think... Yeah, now, this is The Boys. Yeah, yeah, no, no. See, I was thinking we go less The Boys. You do meet The Boys yeah. about 40% The Boys, uh-huh. 60% Euphoria. <laughs> god that rules yeah yeah so you go like real hard on the dramatic high school stuff and then it's just like oh plus they have superpowers that's actually so (laughs) sick why is it this been made i don't know and i don't know who i would get to direct this movie it would have to be someone just ridiculously fun to do it because yeah it'd be it'd be sad it'd be really depressing stuff but uh but I think you bring back um, who's the guy who like glows in the dark? That actor, oh, he's I like know six seven. Bring him he back as like the assistant <laughs> principal or like the dorky sidekick <laughs> teacher since he like aged up. Um, but yeah, I say you go a little or mostly Euphoria, a little bit the boys, sky high. I love this idea. I would watch the crap out of this show. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Uh, okay. My number four is a movie that like is honestly just a couple scenes away from being R rated. I feel like just tweak the idea a tiny bit because the base idea is terrifying. It's the Truman show. Oh yeah. Truman show is only rated PG, but the concept is terrifying. It's not PG 13. No, it's just PG. I looked at, I, that's insane. I looked it up. Yeah, it's so weird that it was PG. But I guess if you think about it, like, it's set in, like the, the idea 50s. is creepy. Yeah. There's just not a lot of the actual content itself is anything that's inappropriate. The yeah. idea is unsettling, uh, and it's definitely a movie for adults. It's not a children's movie. But content-wise, there's not a whole lot going on that, that would bring that rating up. Uh, it very easily could be, though. Like, you could... You could turn this from like an interesting drama to a psychological thriller. Like, oh, here you go! Very, very easily. You you change it from it being a TV show to mm-hmm. just like kind of like a saw, where it's just one person watching this guy and pulling the strings. Yeah, yeah, but he's pulling the strings of this. It's he's still controlling the entire neighborhood. Yeah, or like this entire like what little world, or, or maybe whatever. like a group of like rich people, and they're like betting on the outcomes of this guy's it's life. Sport. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Now we're in, dude. Yeah. Should we the, make uh, like? I feel grotesque? like we should make. This. Should we make like <laughs> grotesque horror movies? Because we're coming up with a lot of ideas, <laughs> dude. This is the bit I've been doing with Shane for the last week of just like why haven't we started making R-rated versions of actual PG? Because this idea rips. We've changed this enough to where this could be a real idea. Yeah, this is another Jordan Peele movie. Also, yeah. by the way, I think he would yeah. absolutely crush this. Either Jordan Peele, Peele or like Ari Aster. Yeah, it's, the problem is, though, he makes me uncomfy, and I don't want to be near him. So if I have anything to do with this project, I don't want Ari Aster at the helm. You can, you can, be, right. you can be the, uh, what do you call it, like when you're an investor, like an angel investor oh, an or angel whatever? investor, silent partner. Yeah, so I'll be, yeah. on the, I'll be boots on the ground, <laughs> and then I'll just okay, relay cool. everything to you. <laughs> yeah, that, as long as I don't have to talk to Ari Aster literally ever, then I'm sure I'm in. Yeah, because yeah, we're going to have... Would, this would freaking rip, dude. Yeah. This would be really good. 
It would be such a good psychological thriller. Are we, are you just, we about you to could make write a script? <laughs> I'm Sorry, telling guys, you. Show's over. We're switching our focus. If we get a good script, send this to A24. I mean, it gets greenlit fast. <laughs> like so fast. <laughs> uh, also, just for for the sake of legal, uh, trademark. TM, TM, TM. You yeah. can't steal this idea. I've, we will send our lawyers after you. Should I just bleep out that whole thing to where it's like, okay, good <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's like four minutes of just bleep, and then we come out and it's like, don't take our idea, dude. <laughs> That's a, oh my gosh! If we make that movie, make the Sky High Euphoria movie, we're making yeah. so much money right now. <laughs> yeah, we're so rich making just the most twisted content ever. <laughs> the only problem is we're so lazy. That yeah, even and though also it's a good like, idea. Not good writers. We're not good writers. We, oh, get, we yeah. don't know how to do this. If anyone's listening to this and wants to pursue it and give us a story <laughs> by credit. Yeah. Story by credit, make us producers. Yeah. We'll cut a deal with you. We're yeah. not unreasonable men. You will have to get Glenn Powell in at least one episode and or side yes. role. At least. At least. If, yeah. You have to. Yeah, but, it's just listen, we have there are contracts and you'll you'll see oh what about yeah glenn powell is the main character in this new truman show idea please yes yeah 100 percent. yeah in i'm so in. and his I best friend really is michael b jordan or i'm like in best, dude. his fake best friend i'm in dude <laughs> god give me this movie now <laughs> um okay my number three it's not a great idea it's literally the only like thought behind this is the how much we love to listen to kids cuss it's just the same concept um uh-huh. so i'm going the muppets yeah just kermit cussing, cussing is, is hilarious yeah, or muppets kermit cussing being you know debaucherous like i don't know maybe gonzo's like a male stripper when they have to go oh. find him <laughs> <laughs> no dude here's the idea you know how Ellen had that whole bit for a long time on We Should Watch a Movie where it was Every all movie. Muppets but one yeah. person? Yeah. Okay. Well, the idea here is in in reality, the main character, whoever whoever you want it to be, pick oh, an actor. I know Stanfield. where you're going. I know where you're going. Lakeith Stanfield, in reality, everybody's real and he's yes. living in the real world. In his mind, yes. he sees Muppets. Yes. Yes. Every, yes. Every, everybody's a Muppet. Everything is cartoon-ish land. Uh, and that's just how he perceives reality, and it just slowly drives him insane. Yep, got another Fincher movie right there. <laughs> so, and Lakeith Stanfield is the one person he would absolutely crush this. Yes, hundred. I would. I love Lakeith Stanfield. I would go uh, Donald Glover. Okay, I like that a lot because I think he can act crazier better. Yeah, because of his that. comedy I like background. That a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, ooh, maybe somehow get the guy that plays Roy Kent in there since he loves <laughs> he loves Sesame Brett Street, Gold but they're basically Street. the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure it translates. He loves the Muppets too. Yeah. yeah oh, I, I love, love this idea. Mm-hmm. This is why we're a team. This is why we're a good team. Uh, why okay, should my... we stop recording this episode? <laughs> <Just pitch laughs> Everybody turn ideas. the episode off, dude. <laughs> TM everything. Trademark whole episode. Uh, okay. My number three is a uh, beloved children's movie. It's geared towards children. It's very sweet. We're going to have to really retool this, but we can did, take the base idea. Did you just burp, or were you rethinking the word beloved? 
I, I, I hiccuped a little bit. Oh, okay. Because you, you um, made a face like you read Beloved and you disagreed with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I hiccuped a little bit. I really hope that audio comes through on the hiccup. It's going to sound so good. <laughs> um, my number three is Mary Poppins. Okay. But in, instead of the uh, like helpful and kind and instructive, like, tutor motherly type character mary poppins is the boogeyman who who floats in from the sky when children are behaving poorly oh so it's like the krampus version of mary poppins yeah when she mary poppins is the because like parents have been doing that for years right like if you if you misbehave then santa's not gonna give or santa's gonna give you coal or if you misbehave then what you know what i mean there are millions of stories from folklore where parents have tried to scare their children by telling them if they do something wrong that a scary monster is going to show up. Mary Poppins is that monster. She still looks like a nanny. She floats in from the sky. She convinces your parents that they need help and that she's your nanny, but she's like Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, this Where's this she? has to be Ari Aster. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, it, almost certainly. I, or, I would like to point out, this or, is not a movie I want to watch. I don't want to watch this movie, but it's a good idea. Or is this a Bobby Eggs movie? <laughs> yeah i hate listen i hate giving anything to bobby huevos i don't like <laughs> shout out ismail um i don't like giving him more work because i don't think he should make more things but he would crush this idea yeah well i would not watch this movie i will reap the benefits from my good idea though yeah that's a good one um okay my number two we've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. it's home alone also my number two yeah okay <laughs> So yeah, Kevin's sure. a psychopath, dude. Yeah, sure. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, it's Die Hard for kids." No, it's way darker than that. It's so he, much worse. He kills them, or should have killed multiple them times, multiple times, and he loves it. That's the thing. It not only is he like defending his home, not only does he go a little too far and like do things that should kill these guys. He he thrives on it. He, he has, loves it. He feels so much call joy it, out of this. Someone call it bloodlust. He has bloodlust. Kevin MacArthur has bloodlust for sure. So here's He's the most my, bloodthirsty character I've ever seen. Here's my idea. So okay. the first 15 minutes is the entire movie of Home Alone, but he kills them. Uh-huh. Flash forward, and he is now a serial killer trying to kill kids on Christmas. Oh, my God. Because he's got bloodlust. <laughs> That's gnarly. Okay, I do love that idea. And, and that Buzz has to hunt him down. Because okay. in the newest Home Alone, he's a cop. Yeah. So Okay, yeah. I'm not mad at that. Here's here's my idea. Same, same original idea you had for the first 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever. We're just watching Home Alone as a kid. He defends his home. We actually do see them die, like you said. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a time skip. And Kevin McAllister has become sort of like a dark vigilante where he waits for people to go on vacation and then he like sneaks into their homes and like sets it up and makes this big display to entice robbers to show up because he's chasing that high from his childhood where he defended a home against robbers and brutally killed them. He is obsessed with that feeling. And so his whole deal is like doing things that would entice robbers to 
try to rob a home that they think is empty. Maybe he's like, I, I somehow showing off the wealth, showing off that it's that it's there's nobody like staying there currently. That it would be an easy target, uh, and he's just setting up these like terrible like contraptions that just brutally murder people because he's obsessed with that feeling he had as a kid. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I went the dark, super dark route, and you went. More like kick ass. <laughs> oh, whatever. Who cares? That's the name of okay. a movie. Um, yeah, who directed? Pretty who, sick. Who directed that movie? Uh, he went on to do a bunch of other stuff. Um, I think he directed like a big superhero movie at some point. Let's see. Matthew Vaughn. He did the Kingsman movies. Okay, so yeah, so Kingsman version. He actually be pretty good at these. He has like really cool action sequences. So like the. The like 360 camera spins that we would see when a bowling ball was falling from the ceiling to bash of the intruder's skull in. Matthew Vaughn would make that look pretty sick. How do we incorporate uh, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? <laughs> we have to? Yeah, we do. <laughs> I don't know that I want. Like, maybe he just does the same thing at hotel. I don't know. Who is the bird lady in this scenario? <laughs> Um, Maybe he kills somebody with a bunch of birds. Oh God, hold on. What's her name? Uh, Allison Janney. Yeah, she's creepy. She creeps me out. She's great. She's creepy. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Um, okay, my number one, kind of a boring one to end after all of those, but it's just something I've always wanted. Um, most mm-hmm. of the recent ones have been PG thirteen uh dc animated movies so they're like fantastic mm-hmm. there's i don't think there's hardly any bad dc animated movies uh but i want teen titans trouble in tokyo i want like a matt reeves like the batman dark version of the teen Ooh. titans and i want it done well because i know there's a tv show out i don't really it like it it's good it i don't, I don't think don't it's like it. I, I don't think it's like that out of all the dc live action shows it's the best one which isn't saying a lot but um yeah, I want oh, the the Flash on CW is pretty good. That, that, that's not the ones I'm talking. I'm talking about like the uh, like <laughs> the know. HBO Max version ones. Yeah, yeah, they tried to do. They tried to go like a darker kind of R rated. It's just I don't think it's very good. Yeah, but I want like a dark Teen Titans. Timothy Chalamet is Nightwing version. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. What keep casting this? Uh, who, Zendaya is Starfire. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Beast Boy, uh, Caleb McLaughlin, maybe he can be like funny, right? I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Uh, who am I missing? Um, Cyborg. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, who's that like tall Australian kid? Uh, tall Australian kid. No, maybe not him. Um, gosh, who would be? Maybe Eli Gorey. I mean, you can. You can age, yep. you can overcast this with age because half of his face, half of his, no, like 10% of his body is human. So, yeah. Uh, who am I? Oh, uh, Anya, Raven. Anya Taylor Joy is Raven. Yeah. Uh, just young adult Raven. Have her like weirdly racist in Russian for no reason. <laughs> God, what a bad movie. What a uh, stupid movie. I think that's everybody. I don't think I'm missing anyone. Unless you want to put uh, the Superman character but i don't really like i feel like that's such a gimme the only benefit of that character is he has a dog that's a good point yeah but i don't want a dog in an r-rated movie there's too much 
Yeah, but it's it's a super dog. It's a super dog, so it won't die. That's fair. I, it would be cool to see live action super dog. I'm actually pretty into that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, how about Jenna Ortega as Raven? Yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. Um, she's kind of unfortunately pigeonholed herself into creepy roles. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that's what she wants, but that's kind of how it's worked out. Uh, okay. My number one, I'm going back to our childhood. Um, another movie that, uh, the idea of it is terrifying and it's pretty easy to take kind of the kind of the base idea and make a very similar movie but crank up the scary stuff to 11 to jumanji okay so instead of going comedy you go like super big adventure not scary but like i i mean i there the stuff that you could do with that board it's a magic board that makes like big terrifying monsters come out and it makes like all this other just absolutely insane things happen you could get pretty twisted with that i think all right hear me out on this on this idea okay it's still rated r it's more action-packed though than like like gory or terrifying um yeah tom cruise is the robin williams character and he's just doing stunts to get away from the animals it's it's not a bad idea it's not the worst idea i've ever heard yeah um yeah i don't maybe it's not kids maybe it's like college students that just were out drinking one night heard this thumping stumbled across this board game 21 jump street jumanji (laughs) (laughs) they decided to try to turn this board game that they found into a drinking game and so they're all three sheets to the wind at this point, and then giant wasps come st- or like swarming out of this board game, and they have to survive uh, this like these big terrifying cre- like a, maybe a freaking kaiju shows up. You know, there's no limit to what you could do with this stinking idea. Yeah, yeah, I say we go 21 Jump Street plus Jumanji board game idea. I love that because you know, I mean, the good that 21 Jump Street is doing right now. I mean, Jonah Hill has <laughs> cured Kanye West's anti-Semitism. Jonah Hill fixed anti-Semitism. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the dumbest. God. The absolute dumbest thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like Jews now because I watched. <laughs> so stupid. He's not a real person. He sucks, man. He sucks, uh, guys. I like that idea. Would you go? Would yeah. you still go jungle themed? Or would you go like, do you remember the movie Zathura when they did it like in space? Oh, in space. That's pretty interesting. Or would you just do, do a whole different idea? Like maybe, like you said, like a fantasy one, a fantasy board game? I I love the idea. What's that? Uh, you know the the freaking Kong movie where it's like they exist in like an alternate dimension of this world or whatever, where like there's all these like big dinosaurs and kaiju type monsters. Oh, this, yeah. Like, like the center of the earth. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, this yeah this world that like exists at the center of our world that's like it's sort of another dimension that you have to access or whatever uh if it the there's a book called kaiju preservation society that kind of toys with that idea too where it's just like a different it's a very fun chill it's not like a, a big intense book or anything but the idea is basically like kaiju exist in a different dimension of this world that is hard you access through radiation or something um, I kind of love the idea of Jumanji, this board game, being the thing that connects those two dimensions where all these like big giant Ooh. kaiju and monsters and stuff are c- coming over into this world based on how you do in this game. 
Okay, here you go. I got this. So you don't put it in the kaiju universe. You put it in the Cloverfield universe. Because we have three Cloverfield movies. We have the original. We have 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then we have the one in space where they accidentally, like, teleport to a different dimension. And they're in the dimension Uh with that. What if this board game releases the monster from Cloverfield and then those people get killed so they can never put it back in the game? Yeah. I'm in. I'm so in. That's so sick. What a good idea. Oh, dude, we're going to be freaking rich, dude. If only either of us had the ability to write a script that didn't suck, we would be so rich right now. I'm sure Shane knows some people. Listen, we're going to have this whole spoiler alert for the second half of this episode. Not going to be doing a whole lot of ranking. It's going to be a lot of pitching Shane. Yeah, I don't even care about winning this episode. Yeah, I don't even care about winning this episode anymore. (laughs) just taking our ideas to hollywood dude that's all we're doing um all right uh anything else you're ready to take a break well, let's take a break all right we'll be right back with our future producer and the money man behind all of these ideas uh shane byerly hello everybody thank you for hanging out with me and ty as we <laughs> pitch movies kind of we just we we weren't 100 percent sure how this episode was gonna go coming into it um, we knew that we had kind of silly ideas for uh, PG-rated movies that would be cool R-rated remakes, but we weren't sure, do we come up with directors? Do we come up, do we try to cast it? Um, and I think we, <laughs> what we landed on, which is kind of a collaborative effort to to make these really cool ideas, I think it ended up being super fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this as much as we enjoyed making it. Um, we're going to be joined here in just a second by Shane, which if you don't know, I can't name the studio, but Shane does work for a movie studio. And so the idea of sort of pitching these dumb ideas to him uh, is I think it's a blast. I, we really ended up having just so, so much fun with this. So hope you guys are digging it. Uh, wanted to jump in here, let you guys know next week's episode is uh, a video games episode. We're calling this video games part two because we have technically done a video games episode. One of the first like 10 or 12, I think that we did was a video games episode where we rated the the top 10 video games, our favorite ones. Um, it's been a long time. We've both played lots of video games since then. And so we thought it was about time um, to do a part two of that. The only rule is we can't mention any video games that we had on our list the first go around. So like we both had Skyrim, we both had Red Dead 2, we won't be mentioning those, but I've played so many games since then and there's so many other games that I love that uh, it'll be pretty easy to come up with that list. Um, We're going to be joined by Tobin Hodges, who is a guy that I play video games with a lot, so I think it's going to be super fun. Um, Also, we have a Patreon now. I've mentioned it a few times. We have officially launched. Um, We've got some of our friends that have supported us on there, and honestly, it means the world. It's just the absolute coolest thing to to have some of our friends decide that they like our show enough to throw us a few bucks a month. It's very kind. Um, We have released our first Patreon-exclusive episode. Um, Ty and I discussed and ranked all 22 episodes from the first two seasons of Ted Lasso. So if that is an episode that you think sounds fun and something that you want to hear, uh, join our Patreon. There's a... uh, 
if to get access to that episode, there's a $5 tier, a $10 tier and a $12 tier. Um, if you don't really care about any of the perks or bonuses or whatever, there's also a $3 tier It's just a way to say, uh, Hey, it's not much and we're not going to get anything out of this, but, uh, here's a few bucks because I like your show. Uh, every little bit just means the absolute world to us. The fact that anybody would pay us literally anything for this silly show is so cool. Um, but one of the perks is when you join the Patreon, you're going to get a shout out. Uh, the $3 and $5 tier gets a shout out when they join the $10 and $12 tier tears are going to get a shout out on every single episode so huge shout out to our patrons it's zach rich steve mccaskill pat lusk meredith aka juice dave nato nick schweinsberg robbie mcgowan sean blanford gabriel vator uh tanner mccandlish kyle banduho patty houlihan ryan yeager brandon ulrich and ron jimenez thank you guys love you guys uh talk to you in the discord all right back to the episode we are back with this week's special guest judge um the third most famous man in Hollywood, the second wealthiest <laughs> man in Hollywood. Uh, Who are the first pretty, two most famous? We're not allowed to talk about them. Oh, okay. The, you know, You're right. Contracts Sorry. and contracts and NDAs. And, no one forced yeah. you to sign the NDAs, but you just did it anyway. So, yeah, that's why you can't talk about them. <laughs> it's Batman Shade Byerly. Shade, what's up, buddy? Hey, I am. Well, I'm, I'm not well. I'm actually a little ill. I'm under the weather, but I feel fine. I just I just sound like I've been smoking for 150 years, but I am otherwise Honestly, it sounds well. rad. <laughs> if you're just worried about audio quality, it sounds sick. <laughs> it's Danny sick once indeed. forced me to record an episode when I had lost my voice. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I did. Could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. Glad to hear I that you both are in good health. Beat the hell out of them. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we got a show to be made okay listen we're we're professionals at this point okay we technically get paid to make this podcast at this point we've got standards you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fight through it sometimes i'm sorry that's just we're professionals the same way like backyard wrestlers and like the sticks <laughs> in florida are professionals yeah this is five dollar cover charge technically makes them professionals i think they're getting the cut. if you're getting paid you're a pro that's how it works <laughs> uh all right shane this was your idea this episode and it's honestly an incredible idea um like one of the better ideas for an episode i think we've ever gotten so we were really really excited to do this um this episode we're gonna have to present these to you a little differently because when we started it was a normal Rank Kings episode. We had stupid ideas, whatever. Let's read them out to Shane. Um, it built into, like, we have ideas that we need to trademark and we need to, like, get these in the hands of a producer as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, kind of a collaborative effort. You, we will not, we're not going to say specifically the company that you work with. Uh, or or point out the specific connections that you have. You do have movie making connections. Uh, True. So well, you are. He's our, only worked on best Ezra Miller movies, right? Isn't yeah, that's, that's my that's my bread and butter, just exclusively. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got a chance to branch out. We're really going to take advantage of that now. I see bright um, things so, for that young man's future. Like, yeah. <laughs> Clear skies ahead so, for that guy. So what this has turned into more less of us presenting our list to you and more of a pitch meeting. Um, I'm we're not even going to do the I present them to you anonymously thing. Yeah. Uh, Ty's going to present to you his list. I'm going to present to you my list, and we're going to try to convince you to use your Hollywood connections to make these movies. And just to make it as fair as humanly possible, I will do it on air anyway. 
I'm 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 fairly certain that list A is Ty's and list B is Danny's. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say yeah. So ju- just to dispel any like inside baseball or like insider trading rumors, like I just I got these lists and I could just tell by reading them whose was whose. So the mystery is yeah. not the important part here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but I we've got a lot to get to. If you're ready, let's do to it. Let's get to it. Pitches. Um, we're ready. We're ready to make some movies. We're ready to make a lot of money. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So Ty, why don't you hit hit Shane with your honorable mentions? Uh, I'll skip the honorable mentions. They're all SNL skits. Okay. You can all go look at them on YouTube. You can watch them. That that's my pitch for all of those. Um, I mean okay. specifically like Bambi, but it's the Fast and Furious cast. Like, come on. Quick, um, quick so, two-second interjection, though, since uh, the Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders is uh, like a Wes Anderson parody, parody. how good did that uh, Asteroid City trailer look, Ty? Like, I, I thought it looked fantastic. I'm Andy in. had other thoughts. Yeah, I'm sure. No, it, I, had, I didn't see it. I, that was uh, just okay. a base, I don't like Wes Anderson movies comment I made earlier. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Fair He's enough. He's going full-blown Wes Anderson, and I love it. Love it. I, I love it. I do think that it's weird that Margot Robbie is like 13th build on this <laughs> This cast list was just the craziest thing I've ever heard, but yeah. Um, okay, I'll go number no, ten. I, cats. I think no, Ty. I, Ty, I think okay. Go ahead, do your ten. But I think we alternate from here on, though. So yeah, it's yeah. not just you talking for an hour, then me talking for an hour. Okay. Well, I'll go. I'll still go by number yeah. ten. Um, cats. I, I want the butthole cut. And I want to go full butthole. <laughs> Fair. So that's, that's the it. only thing that makes it rated R. It's the same movie. So it's technically. A lot of so technically, someone with really proficient knowledge in Adobe After Effects could just make this version for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think I want uh, more butthole than is already in it. Yeah, lots of butthole. Like, maybe you just we put should... a butthole on James Corden's face. One, one could argue should... it already is a butthole. Yeah. <laughs> we should preface this by saying not all of these are very good ideas. Okay. We're, yeah. I think we're at about 50% each good ideas, 50%. Well, one could also argue that from the jump, Cats was not a good idea for a movie. So there's really not yeah. much you could do that's a good idea or bad idea on top of that. So I get it. Fine. The, but, the butthole cut, the extended butthole cut of uh, Cats. Good. I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. <laughs> If, I, if I'm running the studio, that's greenlit. Boom, that's done. Check signed. Off you go. <laughs> Let's go. Um, All right, Danny. My, my honorable mention was the entire Harry Potter franchise. I just wanted to dive deeper into the dark side of the wizarding world. Sure. I don't want this actually made, though, because I don't want What's-Her-Face to get any more money off of this than she's already gotten. Um, but that, that, was, that was kind of my general idea before we decided to turn this to a pitch meeting was – the dark side of the wizarding world, the things that they could do that like evil people could do with magic is kind of fascinating. And, yeah. And I kind of wanted to see that. So you just, you kind of want to, you kind of want to see more about what the death eaters can do. Right. When like, yes, you know, okay. Yeah. That makes perfect when, sense. When, when they don't have the PG PG 13, this is a movie for kids handcuffs put on them. Wanted to see what, what they would be capable of with the entire scope of magic at their disposal. Totally. Makes sense. Um, but my number 10, um, is a movie that it probably should, the original shouldn't be PG. It's just because of when it came out, I assume. Um, but I want more cussing. I want scarier, uh, like creatures. I want ghostbusters. I want an R rated ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, this felt easy. Uh, it yet actual scary ghosts to fight would be great instead of like, weird green cartoon blobs and a giant marshmallow person um, would be really cool. And also I think Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd should get the cuss more uh, would make it a fun, very fun movie. Yeah, exactly. 
I that's I mean that's a very common sentiment. Like you know, I, I feel like they mm-hmm. flirted with it a little bit in the the um, Kristen Wiig version, but yeah, having having really funny comedic actors and then like legitimately scary like paranormal activity you know type ghosts like that would be a cool kind of juxtaposition. Yeah, I mean the boom that's greenlit. Like I can easily see that being made, and I think it would be fun as well. So yeah, I, I dig it too. Yeah, easy right. choice. Uh, My number nine. Have you, Shane, have you seen The Black Cauldron, the old Disney animated movie? I don't think I have, dude. I, I, no. Okay, so it's this, like, Arthurian kind of fantasy animated movie that is, like, it's still, it was so long ago that it's still kind of scary. Like, a lot of images, like, stuck with me as a kid. Sure. I'm thinking, make it live action, Peter Jackson directs it, and just a full-blown, just fantasy R-rated ridiculous movie. Gotcha. Okay, so like, yeah. but like we're getting into like some really scary visuals, like the orcs from Lord of the Rings, like that type of thing. Just kind of yeah. Like... like the bad guy is called like the Skull King, and he like raises skeletons from the ground to like fight people. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That's we're we're gonna option that. I'm not gonna put that in green light immediately, <laughs> but I'll option. I don't want that to go anywhere else in my studio. So I dig yeah. it, dude. I see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, my number nine is Frozen. So at the center of Frozen is the story of betrayal, a story of revenge, and you've got um, a scorned woman with superpowers going on a destructive rampage. I want to crank all that up to 11. I want to take the kids' movie handcuffs off it. I want the betrayal to be darker and hit harder. I want the need for revenge to be cranked up and become more important and maybe a little psychotic. And I want the destructive rampage that she goes on to be actually destructive and cause mayhem because she is the one person that we've seen in this world that has superpowers and she is just icing everything and causing just mass destruction everywhere. I think it'd be a really intense, really cool movie. So it's like the, the end of Batman and Robin, but legitimately done. You know what I'm saying? Where he's like freezing the whole city. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Are we are we staying CG or are we going live action here? Ooh. Um, sure. Move. I think I say, in. I say stay CG, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how seriously the R ratedness of it would be taken if you stay CG. You know what I mean? I feel like it would be hard to get the an animated movie about a princess away from it if you if you don't go live action that's 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 my marketing department's job dude i you, don't you you let them worry about that you just make the movie you want to make fair point. i mean think about like yeah, you, some of those like ghibli movies like um what's yeah. the one in the forest uh oh my gosh um princess mononoke yeah like that, that i feel like that would be really close to be rated r yeah you could go a lot you could definitely go a lot bigger with the ice stuff if you kept it like a cg animated movie for sure um yeah that would be pretty sick i'm in dude i i kind of dig the the keeping it cg angle are we keeping the same voice cast or you are you going different i don't know that Kristen bell is gonna cut it in this (laughs) fair enough i don't know that she's the one you want if you're going darker more intense story of betrayal revenge and destruction fair all right all new cast i dig it i approve that's greenlit let's let's uh, yeah done let's do it and by the way i saw that and i was like i don't know man but you sold me i dig all right i like that one (laughs) all right i'm going uh so my number eight sticking with a disney movie uh peter pan but going with the original story so i don't know if you know this but 
how the Lost Boys stay young is Peter offs kids as they grow older. Once they age out of being a kid, he murders them and then tricks kids to come back to Neverland. Oh God, that's like some that's like Rumpelstiltskin level. Like even yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I think you go live action with this, and really Peter is the is the villain, but you don't you don't do that first. Like you slowly find out that he's killing people off. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe like Hook turns out to be like the good guy. Yeah. Like an anti-hero. Yes. Okay. But I'm... Dustin Hoffman still plays Hook. Nice. Okay. I, dude, yeah. I'm in on this. All right. So the, here's the question though. Who's your director? Oh, for this, maybe Ari Aster or uh, Bobby Eggs. Bobby Eggs. Yeah, you know what, dude? You get Bobby Eggs on this, yeah. Greenland, officially Greenland. It's going to yeah. be weird, and I'm kind of here for it. Fincher would be a good one for this, too. Perhaps. Make it real dark. Yeah, yeah. make it real dark and kind of awful. All right, dude, I'm in. I mean, any of those directors, I like it. I did not know that about the original P.U. Pan. That's, that's sinister. Absolutely. Yeah. When you get into those old stories like Cinderella, where they like the sisters like cut their feet in half to fit into the slipper, like there's some like dark stuff in those old stories. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Absolutely. All right. I'm in. That's that bought. Done. Stamp it. Heck yeah. All right. My number eight. We are making an R rated version of a Studio Ghibli classic. One of Hayao Miyazaki's <coughs> first movies with Studio Ghibli. It's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Um, I want this live action, and I want it directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, because we're we're going to amp up the fact that we're in a post-apocalyptic world, so we're going to make it that much more that much darker and more imposing and menacing and kind of terrifying. Um, we're really going to amp up the people that invaded their village and make that a lot darker and make Nausicaa even more heroic, but more of like an action hero type of heroic in the way that she defends her village. Um, I want, I think those big monsters are called Ohms, I believe they're called. Uh, I want them just big and grotesque and terrifying and like Pacific Rim kaiju type of like cranked up that they're just stampeding and chasing nausicaa she's on her glider um, i think you could just make this big and epic and intense and kind of scary and dark uh pretty easily nice yeah that's cool. i mean dude look anything that miyazaki is really involved with is kind of you know the guy's got the the midas yeah. touch right so it's obviously it's it's a good property are you do you want to stay 2d hand drawn or do you want to go live action here this is live action, I think. I, I think in order to really, like, I want, like, a Mad Max level of post-apocalyptic world outside of their village. Uh, and I want things to be, like, intense and fast and scary. And, like, when you're out in that desert, you're feeling the heat. And you're, like, you get lots of really cool imagery off of that. And then you have this sort of an oasis in this village that she goes back to that gets taken from her by these people invading. And I think it could get pretty dark and pretty intense. Yeah. And from, I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Miyazaki fan. But from what I know of his works is that he deals with these really big, complex adult subjects and then pairs them down for children. So taking yeah. the reins off in terms of rating, you can really explore the subject fully with the complexities of all human emotion. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it would make for an even better product. So that one's done. That's in the can. Let's do that. I'm, yeah, I'm in on that. That's going to be an awesome movie. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, okay, my number seven, 
Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the movie that just came out in, 2000, in 2022. Yeah. You have some of the best comedians in the world. Just let them improv and cuss. And I like keep almost everything exactly the same. You just let them, like, nothing is holding them back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. I will say, look, I loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And, and the fact that they were all playing PG, I think, is what made it cute to me. Yeah. So I think this might be Studio Shane's first official pass. Oh. But but I think it's a funny idea. And I do think that, like, you know, I think what would really be funny is just to do, like, a blooper reel of, like, all the times they flub takes yeah. and then just animate those instead. But I get it. I mean, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was kind of an unsung hero of the movies last year because that movie was so funny. It was so smart. It was great, though. I love that movie. So I, I see where your head's at. But, yeah, I don't, yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm not convinced yet on that one. Yeah. If I changed it to Who Framed Roger Rabbit but made it really rated R, like dark noir, yeah, would oh that yeah, interest you more? Oh, now absolutely, ready. absolutely. I mean, your your list is locked in. Like I said, you can't because I now know who's yeah. is who's. You can't change, but yeah, a very dark R rated Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, would be terrifying and also very uh, sexy. Let's just be honest; it would just would be. <laughs> Uh, okay, my number seven, we're, it's an animated kids movie. We're keeping it animated. I think we're keeping the animation style. We're keeping the same voice actors. Um, we're adding cussing and like, raunchy jokes, and we're making it an adult comedy. Uh, my number seven is Shrek. Okay. Um, I think we've still got Mike Myers. We've still got, uh, we've still got Eddie Murphy. We've still got the same cast. We've got the same basic idea. But Shrek is just turned up to 11, just yelling Scottish curse words. He's that much more angry when people are showing up to his swamp. He's bashing some heads, um, vulgar jokes flying. I think th I'm thinking like a, like a Judd Apatow type comedy or just let whatever, whatever comedian feels like directing a movie make it. I think it would just make a raunchy adult Shrek. Yeah, I hear you. Um, here, here's why Studio Shane is passing on that one. I think that Shrek is one of the best kids movies of all time. And the reason yeah. I truly say that is because it is a movie that is completely appropriate for children of all ages. And yet it is so smartly written and it's so brilliantly flirts with that edge of the PG 13 rating that adults can watch it and be just as entertained. So I think that movie's perfect as is and adding a bunch of swear words. I'm like, eh, unnecessary. I get where you're coming from, but that's going to be a pass from, from, uh, from us. I'm not mad at you. I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I agree. That's a bit of a weak entry here. Yeah, well, but be, because I love Shrek. Shrek is such a great movie. I mean, truly, I think it is yeah. one of the best kids' films of all time. It Honestly, the, w my original pitch when I when I had this idea at first, when I wrote it down, I was just gonna say uh, Shrek plus cussing and then move on and not really say anything <laughs> else about it. I had to kind of expound on that to pitch to you, but I didn't have any other ideas. I just think. Mike Myers cussing in a Scottish accent as a big green ogre made me laugh. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my number six. Shane, I don't think you've seen this movie. Have you seen Smart House? It's a Disney Channel original movie. I have seen this movie, dude. This I absolutely have. And when I saw this on the list, I was like, good on you, man. Like, that okay. is absolutely, like, yeah, I mean, it's Skynet. It's Skynet coming to life in your house and trying to kill you. Directed by Jordan Peele. Yes, dude. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It's still in the suburbs. You have this like tech CEO that offers his family a free house to stay as like a beta test 
and the house just starts slowly killing people off. Yeah. And they have to fight back. And he, and here's what you do too. It like now that I'm actually thinking about this, we're like really pitching these movies. Because there have been so many documented instances of AI technology and face recognition technology preferring white faces over faces of anybody from color. It's a family of color because that's what Jordan Peele would do. And the right. fact that it doesn't recognize their faces as well as it would a white family, the house starts to attack it. Awesome. Like, that. that's a really cool concept. He should actually yeah. look into that movie. That would be really cool. TM, TM, yeah, TM, TM, copyright. Trademark. Can't do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, dude, immediate green light. Let's get that into production yesterday for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, mine number six, um, beloved, sweet, kind, emotional children, animated children's movie. We are greatly shifting the tone, and we are making David Fincher's Inside Out. <laughs> <laughs> this is no longer cartoon emotions inside the mind of a curious and kind child. Uh, we are now inside the seeing the emotions and thought processes inside the mind of a serial killer. Oh, uh, who's just who's just he's just going from crime to crime, and we're seeing like his we're seeing how, like how his emotions process and like his thought processes and how everything fires in there. We're seeing all of his memories. We're diving into what happened in his life and his past to get him to this point. Um, but we are watching the point of view of him just committing all of the heinous crime after heinous crime. Um, it's a David Fincher movie, so I assume it's raining for 90% of this movie <laughs> because that's just kind of what that dude does. Uh, but you could you could make this really, really dark and like a really kind of super interesting psychotic thriller. Okay, Imme immediate green light on this. You know how to play to my strengths, but I, th here's the deal. <laughs> That's an incredible concept. I love it because I because I didn't think that's where you were going to go with this. Um, but yeah, man, absolutely. Like all those people, you know, if, if like if they're all fighting for control of like the steering wheel or like a or like a plane yeah. stick. Um, that's that's how much I am of a pilot. I just call it a stick. I have no idea what it's <laughs> actually stick. called. But plane stick. It's I'm sure I'm yeah, sure no, I'm you sure nailed it. it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, give me my license, uh, please. I'm at. That's a great idea because it's like. There's so many wild things going on uh, there. That, yeah, that would be a fantastic movie. You want to go CG or do you want to go live action? I think you got to go live action. I think make to get make the stuff in the head CG. Everything else is live action. There it is. Right? There it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But I just think you get such interesting, like, the emotions that are inside of his head like aren't working together and they don't have everything like set up orderly where one person is like, they're fighting each other the Maybe entire throw time in, for control, throw in some multiple personality stuff, like how that yeah. works. You could get, you could do so many things with the psyche of someone who's committing these heinous crimes and like what would lead them to this. And like, you see these emotions fighting for control and like, one of them takes control and you see the outward projection of like what that looks like on this person's face. And maybe they're having an episode because this emotion that he didn't want to be in control, just fought for control. You could get like really intense and dark and deep get into this. And James David McAvoy to, to play the serial killer. Yes, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Dude. Cause he's already kind of Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Immediate green light. I'm in on, I love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, you know where I thought you were going with this? When I saw this on the list, I was like, because I, I I had kind of the same similar idea. And then when I saw it on your list, I was like, I'm taking this off. I thought we were redoing the movie. And it's it's like it's like a, you know, it's a it's a guy this time. It's a, it's a boy. And let's just let's we'll make him 18 just to avoid any weird controversy. But, <laughs> I know but, there's, with this. but there's one emotion that just comes in all the time and it supersedes every other emotion. <laughs> And it's just horny. And just yeah, the minute horny shows up, everything else just shuts down. He can't even focus or function. Just is stupid. Can't even talk. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, that's a that's that's a national lampoon movie. If I've yeah, ever heard of one. It's a one eighty sure. from David Fincher's serial killer to Porky's. <laughs> yeah, to Porky's. I, I thought that's where we we're going. I was like, I can see that too. That's absolutely just that's really every funny. time a scene sets up, just some pretty girl walks by and it just gets immediately like just you know the whole scene just derails. Yeah. Funny. Okay. Who would Either play? Way, who would play? Sasha like the, Baron Cohen. Oh, I would say um, the z- whatever he has like that super long Greek last name. He's like the gross guy in the league. Uh, oh, Jason Mantzoukas. Yeah, Jason yes. Mantzoukas. Yeah, that's really good. He just <laughs> they're like all the other emotions are trying to hold a meeting and like be productive or something, yeah. and then like. It, and a pretty girl walks by and Jason Benzuka shows up like, what's up, mother effers? <laughs> That's really a good, good. one. And um, if we were doing CG and it was still voice cast and he was still alive, the perfect voice would just be to have Hugh Hefner do the voice. And just the his little, you know, like his little like CG body just shows up in a smoking jacket with a pipe. He's like, hey, just every time he shows up. Yeah. Really That'd be good. good. Yeah. Um, okay, my number five, Shane, you might have more, you could shed more light on this, but this is like the one Batman storyline that I've wanted a live action version of for so long. And I yeah. want it to be the next Robert Pattinson storyline. I know it's not going to be, but like, do you have any idea why this, no one has used this in a live action Batman movie yet? I guess just because it's already been done. I mean, the, mo- the, the movie itself is so, I mean, it's one of the best Batman films ever made, bar, like bar none, like live action, you know, animated, whatever. But there are so many elements of this story, especially the, and- the Andrea Beaumont story uh, that, that are, are awesome that I think that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, that it should be, it should be adapted in one form or another. So yeah, people are sleeping on this storyline and they shouldn't be. Who knows, dude? Maybe maybe they will work it into uh, the movie one day. But yeah, this 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 definitely has dark undertones, and the yeah. movie uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm flirts with an R rating. And in fact, I, I like when the movie came out. There's a scene towards the the end of the movie where Batman just beats the hell out of the Joker, and like his face is all bloodied. And apparently, the, the, the production team had to really really fight with Warner Brothers to keep it because they were like, you can't show blood like that you know, in a, in a kid's movie. And they were like, he just beat the snot out of the Joker. What are you talking about? Like, this is yeah. real deal. And so it's, yeah, I, I get it, dude. I, you know, regardless of the fact that I love Batman, like just you watch, if you're unfamiliar with this movie, you watch it and you tell me that this movie is flirting with an R rating already. So taking the reins off of it would just allow the story to go completely unbridled in the best way possible. I dig it. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, my my number five is an animated movie we grew up with. I think it's staying animated. Uh, also, I put this one as kind of a bit because we talk about this character a lot on the show. Um, I'm going with Toy Story. Um, the difference is when Woody tries to kill Buzz, he succeeds this time, uh, and he doesn't stop. 
he just keeps going because he's so desperate to be the sole uh, toy that Andy has affection for and Andy plays with. Um, the Woody is so single-mindedly focused on being Andy's only toy that not only does he kill Buzz, like he attempts to multiple times, um, he keeps going and he just takes out all of them until he's the only toy left. Also, this would make for a really creepy scene with Sid, the next door neighbor. Yeah. Just really dive into the little psychopath that that kid is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love this uh, for reasons that will be obvious a little bit later in the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, your approach is a little bit different than what I had envisioned. But yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that Toy Story is ripe for an R-rated uh, reboot. So yes, this is greenlit. This is bought. Although if I'm running the studio, I'm buying this pitch from you and then changing it to something else. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is honestly better for me because I get a check and then don't have to do any of the work. Exactly. You're that, done. So. Yeah. Just here's this here's best, uh, 250. Here's 250 G's. Uh, go buy yourself a nice little you know beach house or whatever and that you're, you're done with this yeah I'm in. thank you perfect this could not have worked better for me <laughs> uh okay my number four now your your brain's gonna go straight to like uh the boys ripoff we're not yeah. we're not going there so this sky high it is about 70 percent euphoria and 30 percent the boys so like really dramatic high school like drama but they're superheroes yeah no, I get it, dude. I, I absolutely get it. The thing, the thing about it is, uh, we've all been through high school. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't matter how many superpowers you have. You are changing literally from a child to an adult. Your hormones are raging. Like you feel like you have everything figured out. You absolutely don't. And so, the idea of having superpowers in the middle of all that is a pretty interesting concept. One that I would like to see. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, they touch on that a little bit in The Incredibles, right? With Violet, yeah. where she's like, she has no idea what's happening, and she's moody, and you know, what all these things. But yeah, man, I, I can absolutely see that. Who's here's here's the deal, though. This movie is officially greenlit on the condition of who's your screenwriter. Ooh, you got to get somebody tough. who knows how to do this. You can't just give me some you know schlock from Van Nuys. Yeah, it's got to be like a. I, w- I would want someone more who's like adept, adept at like writing for like high school drama than like superhero stuff. Um, sure. I really don't want to pick uh, the guy that created uh, Euphoria. Uh, his He's name like St- Steve, not Steve Levitan. That's the Modern Family guy. What's the? It's Steve something or another, I think. But yeah, oh, I don't know. It's this is hard. I didn't even think about this. Um, ooh. who who's like the main writer for uh, that uh, the uh, the show about the people in at resorts, whatever that. Oh, the White called? Lotus. That's Mike White, the guy. The guy. Uh, Mike White is the guy who writes that show. Let's go, Mike White. All right, done, done. I'll pick it up. I'm optioning it. I'm not sold yet. I need to read a couple scripts, but I don't want this going anywhere else. So yeah, I'll, okay. I'll buy it. I mean, I'm in. Option, option. Okay, my number four. Um, this feels pretty easily because there's a lot of this is like psychological, messed up, not quite thriller, but sort of like the idea is there um, that we just ramp up. I'm going with the Truman Show. Yeah. Um, and I think, Ty, we didn't discuss this earlier. I think Bong Joon Ho, maybe, Ooh. as the director. Yeah, but tell him the idea that we really, have. Though. 
So How the idea that we had, yeah. So I mean, the 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 base idea is pretty easy. Just the idea that everybody in the world is in on this and is observing this guy and it's creepy. But we shifted it to where it's not everybody in the world that's watching this guy. Not everybody in the world is in charge. It's just like the richest of the rich that are like controlling this man's life for sport for their own personal entertainment and they're just like harassing this man and like observing him but they're the ones that are like creating the events in his life that are like they, they're creating every single event in his life and every single hardship and every single issue that he deals with is carefully orchestrated by this very small group of elites that are just basically have this man trapped for their own entertainment and their own sport yeah that's i mean dude that's uh, calling in bong joon ho to direct this incredible idea there was a actual this was an actual tv show that existed i believe in japan where a guy like who who signed up for the experiment was locked in this room and he like could not leave the room until he won a hundred thousand dollars worth of prizes so he was in there for like the better he didn't have anything no clothes anything and like he could not leave the room until he won a hundred thousand dollars worth of prizes and it's like you read articles on this and you're like this is not even fun this is human torture yeah. is what it is yeah yeah but the but the complexities of how a lot of television shows work on that side of the world is something that Bong Joon-ho is going to be a lot more familiar with than you or I am. And so mm. getting him involved, super smart. Uh, and this is a good opportunity to mention, because when I saw this on the list, I did a double take. You guys are pros, as we previously established. You started doing research for this. Were you like, my God, like I knew this in my soul, because, but you know, but but you read the list and you're like, there are so many old movies that are rated PG 13 that they're, they're rated PG. They're like, there's no way that this would be rated PG today. You know, these are yeah. like atrocious movies that are like horrible. Uh, yeah. and definitely rated would PG. be PG today, but we were talking about it though. And like, while the base idea is like really intense and like a big, like not for kids, when you think about the content, like I don't remember there being a lot of the actual content of the Truman show that, would push the boundaries of those ratings. You know what I mean? Like, there's not anything. There's no cussing. Graphic. No, it's all overly set, graphic. Like, there's not a lot of cussing. There's era, not a like, lot of like piece. sexual stuff going on. Yeah. It's just there's not a lot that actually pushes the boundary of that rating, other than like the base idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this is a this is a fantastic idea because then you can work in because you can work in all sorts of uh, theories about class structure and you know things that yeah. Bong Joon Ho is familiar with immediate green light this is a great idea i'm in on this this is a yeah, fantastic number four um okay my number three um the muppets specifically the 2011 version but so this was danny's idea on how to switch it up because originally i was just like oh muppets with cussing that would be funny but so how you know you usually have mostly muppets and a few human characters in the muppets movies right let's say Everyone is a Muppet except for Donald Glover. And we as an audience slowly find out that he is actually like insane and everyone around him are real people, but he sees them as Muppets. Okay. I'm in on this. That's a good idea. <laughs> I have no idea who would direct this. Maybe Ari Aster, but that's almost like too dark for this idea. I mean, if Donald like, Glover's involved, he might direct it himself, yeah, that's right? True. You know, he, that's you know, true. yeah, yeah. The flip side to that is you could do, 
I mean, same thing. You could just do like, I mean, like, 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 let's just call it, like, call it what it is. You could literally do a movie where like Gonzo just like goes off the rails on like a really nasty racist Twitter rant and just falls from grace. And then like, it's a two hour movie of, of Gonzo hitting rock bottom. <laughs> you so know Gonzo, I mean? Gonzo, but tar. Tar, yes, yes, it's tar, tar. Yeah, it's very open Gonzo. Okay, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, but it more, but it's animal. So it's like even as he's hitting rock bottom, he like I'm me sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I dig That's it. I one. dig it. I here's the deal. I'm <clears throat> excuse me. I'm gonna option this just because I like the idea and I don't want it to go anywhere. But the script you have isn't quite there yet. But we'll we'll get there. It's you know, okay. it's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. I like it, man. Yeah, I dig it. Okay, the Muppets. Because, look, yeah. the Muppets have existed in some form or fashion for over 50 years at this point. They are a fertile bed of ideas that you can kind of pull anything from. So doing an R-rated drama or comedy or horror film with the Muppets, there's something there. D- easy. Done deal. Yeah. Ooh, a Muppets horror movie would be awesome. Yeah. Like a real deal Muppets movie. You know, like yeah. what? like what if we broke the barrier and it's like the actual Muppets puppets come to life? You know, no, Ooh. no, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, they, and yeah. they're, and they're not like they are when they're puppeted. They're just worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, they, I like they all just want to vote for Ron DeSantis. Like they're just, they're just terrible people, you know? <laughs> oh, so they're actually the worst of the worst. Yeah. The worst of the worst. Yeah. Okay. God. Uh, okay. My, my number three is Mary Poppins. Um, yeah. This is going to so be an interesting pitch, man. It's a good idea. We're making this. We're making this R-rated. Um, she she still floats down from the sky on her umbrella, and she still is there to look after your children. But instead of being the like kind, strict but fair, motherly, doling out wisdom type of nanny, she's like the boogeyman. Yeah, she is who every every culture has folklore that is that parents use to scare their children into behaving right like all of them have you better act right or this monster is going to show up the baba yaga in russia is going to show up and steal you or uh santa's going to give you coal or you know what i mean like the, every every culture has like y- if you don't act right you're going to be taken over or taken by this witch or by this monster or something yeah Mary Poppins is that Baba Yaga type character where she shows up, she convinces your parents that you that uh, their her, their children are evil and that they need to be disciplined and that they need to be corrected to be upstanding young citizens. But she's like Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter times a million, where yeah. she's just evil and punishing these children. And I think it's like this is a David Cronenberg movie where yeah. she, she is just she's just terrifying and the way that she punishes these children and makes them go through because all in the name, like the whole time she's prim and proper and speaking in a British accent and talking about how it's good for them and bad children need to be punished in order to be made into good people. It's just the terrifying and creepy. I think. What if she like gains her power from like, she gets her power from capturing kids and she puts them in her purse and whoever the hero in the story is has to somehow Get in that purse and free everybody before you you it's can like good. kill her. Now we're talking, yeah. And here here's your trailer moment, right? You play the first like trailers are two and a half minutes ish. You play the first minute of the trailer super straight, and she gets hired, and then 
the minute she gets hired, everybody's in the room, the parents and the kids, and she looks at the kids and it freeze frames and she's got those yellow eyes like Michael Jackson in the thriller video. Yes. Right? And yes. you just realize like, oh, she just hoodwinked these parents, but she is going to wreck these kids. All right, all right, I'm sold on this. Yes. She's like yeah. giving kid like no, no no spoonful of sugar. It's like a spoonful of like, you know, LSD or like something. I mean, just yeah. something <laughs> awful, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm turned around on this. Now I'm kind of in on it. Yeah. And the idea of like the Baba Yaga, like this, this mythical, like, you know, yeah, not like the opposite of Santa, like the, you know, give you like coal. Ooh, right. I'm in on this. Yeah. I can see the possibilities getting crow. This is your Ari Aster movie. I think right here. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> didn't say Ari Aster because he gives me the willies and I don't want to be near him. So this would have to be another, you pay me for the idea, but I don't ever come to set type of, Type of scenario. Yeah, fair enough. You, I mean, you're the writer, so the, the sad reality is you're not going to be invited to the set. That's just how that works. Totally fine. Don't want to be anywhere near it. Yeah, but I'm buying this. I'm buying this. That's a, that's a great idea, dude. I, and here's the deal. I walked into this as skeptic, but you sold me on it, man. I dig it. This is a good idea. Yes. Thank you. All right, so um, we're doing joint number twos because yeah. you both have the same number two. <laughs> and also, let's be honest, I was going to put this on my list as well. And yeah. it's, yeah, of course. But like, this is the easiest sell of all time. Like, this is a definite green light. Amazing. So, pitch me. So, Ty, we have Ty and I ideas. did have different ideas for this. Yeah, so pitch it, me. It, both movies start the same for both of us. So, just the 15 first, the first 15 minutes are Home Alone. Everything okay. happens except he kills them because all of those pranks would kill someone in real life. Sure. He obtains this bloodlust from this. This is my Fincher movie. So in my movie, now Kevin has to murder every Christmas because he gets this appetite for it. And <laughs> oh, his, and now... This is so dark. And now uh, Bu- Buster uh, is... Wait, no, it's not Buster. I was like, uh, Buster Bluth? Um, who's the who's the brother? Buzz, uh, you think? So? Buzz. Buzz, is- Buzz yeah. who now, it is canon, in the most recent Home Alone movie, is he works... He's a police officer, so he's on the police force now buzz has to hunt him down on this like one christmas whatever anniversary it is of these killings and has to stop him okay all right that's a fantastic idea i kind of like because that's not the idea i would have gone with but i dude, i love it. that's fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. it's sold i'm right. in on that my idea starts the same first 15 20 minutes or whatever it's just a condensed version of home alone but he does succeed in killing them um also gets uh, a bloodlust realizes that he likes that feeling but he likes that specific feeling and so he becomes this kind of career criminal in that he he notices when or he like studies and researches and finds out when people that live in like wealthy people that live in large houses are about to go on vacation and leave their home empty uh, and he sneaks in and does things to the outside of the home and the inside of the home to make it enticing for robbers that walk into his booby traps that he does the same thing to them. He just sets up these absolutely heinous nails on the stairs and bowling balls that are triggered to come from drop from the ceiling and blow torches and all of these really like juvenile but effective and ultimately like murderous things that he did as a child he just keeps doing it because he's chasing that feeling he had when he was a kid of defending his home from bad people and so he's sort of like a vigilante in that he's he's attracting criminals 
and doling out justice in his own way in the way that he knows how to best in a feeling that he really loves. And so I'm thinking it's like, I think this is Ryan Gosling is Kevin McAllister, and this is directed by the Safdie brothers. Nice. This is what I'm thinking. And so it's not it's not all just dark and horror and intense. You've got, like, the psychological stuff. You've got the thriller stuff. You've got him being, like, kind of goofy in the way that the Safdie brothers make their movies. Yeah. But he's just – he's he, he sees himself as a vigilante who is doling out justice in the way that he uh, is obsessed with. Okay. What I love about it is you guys went two opposite directions, but they both work, right? So, so mm-hmm. Ty, you made him a villain, right? Yeah. Because he's obsessed with this. He's, it's like it's, it's burned in his soul now, and he has to do this. It's like a compulsion, like a serial killer. That's really cool. I love that. That's, uh, that's a movie I would absolutely watch. Danny, you made him a hero, and basically I think, I think the missing piece is what he grows up to do is he runs – a security company called McAllister's Home Security. And it's yeah. this really like expensive security like company. And his one thing is I do it when you're not home. I cannot be, you cannot be home when I'm here. And that's and that's and what he does. You don't get to ask questions afterwards. You, Shane, your house will never be robbed again. That is canon. He runs in the most recent Home Alone movie, he owns a security company and is like a billionaire. Oh, does he really? Has, so so yeah. did they bring Macaulay Culkin back? I did not watch no. the new No, no. They, they he was never in it. They just like, oh, it's a t- it's the, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's not a good movie. You don't need to watch it. But they like it's just an a line, that, a throwaway line that it's McAllister like security systems. Security systems. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. My my idea here is he's not a hero, he thinks he's a hero. He views himself as a hero who's punishing bad guys, but really he's got that similar bloodlust that Ty was mentioning, but it's just very specifically he's chasing that feeling from when he was a kid protecting his castle. Um, he, he thinks he's a hero, but he's definitely not because he's literally killing people. Yeah, okay. I get it, dude. I, you know what? Honestly, I like both takes. That would be a cool experiment to make both movies and just release them within the span of six months and just see what, which one does better. That would be cool. I, I dig them or both, just, man. The... Or just release it like Clue. Like, you don't know which ending yeah. you're going to get. Yeah. It's just, it's just Home Alone, and you have no idea what story you're going to get. Same cast, on the, the same time. everything, yeah. yeah. um okay my number one is kind of a boring pick but it's just something i've always wanted sure is i want like an a gritty r-rated live action teen titans because those are that's like my favorite dc not character but like characters i've I've watched that teen titans the original teen titans animated show i watched like every day when i was a kid um, but I want a live action Teen Titans Trouble in Tokyo. I was going to pick a different one, but most of the other a- DC animators are PG-13. Um, so I'm going with this one. Chalamet is Nightwing. Eli Gorey is uh, Cyborg. Caleb McLaughlin is Beast Boy. Uh, Zendaya is Starfire. And um, uh, Jenna Ortega is Raven. Nice. I dig and it, then dude. Some kind of like... Not Matthew Reeves, not James Gunn, but a director kind of along those lines. Preferably someone who doesn't have a lot to lose that can take a little bit more risk with it. Yeah, for sure. Someone who's really going to throw their back into it, right? Like that doesn't – yeah, absolutely. That doesn't really have like a name to protect at this point. Yeah, I get it. I hear where you're coming from. Because it's it's still got to be funny, right? Because it's Teen Titans, so it still has to be funny, but I also want it to be dark. And then like the TV show that just came out or 
came out recently, I'm not a fan of. It's it's like all right, but I'm not a huge fan of it. There's a lot of Teen Titans content. It's hard to keep it straight. So I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah, that would be cool. Someone to do the definitive Teen Titans movie yeah. and, and DC to just say it's rated. It, it can be rated R if you want it to be. Totally cool. I respect where you're coming from, man. I, I dig it. Like that, that seems like a safe, easy bet because as long as you keep the budget down on a Teen Titans movie, say we cap it at 35, 40 million, you're going to make your money back, right? You've got yeah. Robin, you've got Raven, you've got these characters that are kind of, that have kind of permeated the cultural zeitgeist. So you're going to make your money. Yeah. It's a soup. That's a super safe bet in terms of making money. So yeah, I, I love it. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then you just, you make the villain, um, Oh gosh, who's the uh, the DC version of Deadpool that uh, Deathstroke? Yeah, you just make the villain Deathstroke because you don't need a lot of CG for that. It's just someone in a suit that's highly skilled. Joe Manganiello, just bring him back in the costume, and yeah, boom, there we go. Yeah, yeah, easy. That's a, that's a. I don't mean this is an insult. That's a super safe, smart bet for like a R-rated. Yeah, that like honestly, I don't know why they actually haven't made that because the because. You can cast a bunch of unknowns. The property is what's famous, not the actors. So cast a bunch of unknowns, put them in an urban environment, keep the, the visual effects down, keep this budget under $45 million, and we, we got a bona fide hit here. So DC, yeah. if you're listening, come on, let's do this. Yes, absolutely. Done. Sold. Okay. Uh, my number one is Jumanji. Uh, and my thought here is it's it's – drunk college kids they're leaving the bar they just got done partying they hear the the thump the thump the yeah they come across this board game they're all hammered and they think it's awesome and of course they it, they're just very much in a keep the party going phase you know what i mean yeah they they take it home they how do we turn this board game into a drinking game so we can keep this going <laughs> they roll the dice and immediately like giant hornets come out of the thing come out of this board game and start attacking them and they have to survive and they have to fight them off and one of their friends gets impaled in the chest yeah um and they finally figure out we got to keep playing we got to finish this game in order to get these things out of here and so they roll again and you could get really deep into the like uh, like you could have like a the get out sunken place type thing where one of the guys, the guy who just rolled gets like trapped in this weird dimension that he is stuck in and can't get out of. And it's like a uh, what's that freaking where the world is trying to kill them, but they keep on cheating death. Super cheesy. The happening Final destination. You're talking Final about the destination? happening? Is that oh, the Final Destination? Is that the franchise you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Where it's just, it's like the world is just trying to kill them one thing after another, but it's just these like heinous things that are coming, like big gross monsters or people that are coming out of this board game or these like things that, because like this board game is freaking magic. These things that are like magically happening to them to like send them to different dimensions or to like mess with their brain and make them see illusions. And there's like, there's literally a million scenarios that you could come up with that have this board game due to these drunk college kids that were just trying to have a good time. I dig it. And the other funny thing is you could have the, 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 like the final scene could be like, there's one guy or girl left and they're just like, I quit. I don't want to play this game anymore. So then at the end, they just they just walk away from the game and the game gets bored. But like once every 10 years, they're in like a conference meeting in their job. And then just like rhinos just bust through the thing. And it's like, yeah. 
And I say, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this thing. Yeah, it's just Here, everybody calm down. It'll be over in 10 minutes. Here's my idea for this uh, this movie. So there have been like other board game movies like Zathura where it's like in space instead of like the jungle. So what if we've gotten three Cloverfield movies? Yeah. We've gotten the original Cloverfield, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and then Cloverfield Paradox where they go, they somehow get to a different dimension where the Cloverfield monsters are. Yeah. What if this is the board game that brought about the Cloverfield monsters and then all the people that were playing died? So now there's no way to finish the game. Nice. Okay. That's a great idea too, dude. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, now it's just perpetually in this universe. This is just going to keep happening and keep happening. I like it, man. I dig it. Okay. That's a great idea, dude. I'm buying that already. Like that's it. Cause that, cause that's franchise material, baby. We can just keep doing this. Yeah. Jumanji, Fast and the Furious. Yeah. One condition though, before I sign this, this check though, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, nowhere involved in this whatsoever. I don't, I don't want him within a hundred yards. Yeah. No, if you want a wrestler, go either John Cena or John Cena. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They're better. They're so much better than the rock. (laughs) Nice. Okay. And you know, the, the floor is always really slippery wherever he's he's filming because he has so much baby oil that he has to put all over his body (laughs) that, you know, it's, it's honestly an insurance thing with him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to slip. There's yeah, the the (laughs) OSHA is all over his sets. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right, Shane, before you pick a winner, I think uh, if you could do me a favor, yes, uh, stand up trade seats with me because you are now pitching to me and Ty. Yes, that's right. I came up with a couple of fun ideas myself. Uh, and so we'll, we'll we make it short. producers now, mother trucker. That's right. That's right. You guys are Sell producers. Me. Okay. So I came up with five <laughs> movies that I think would be good as rated R updates, rated R reboots, kind of however you want to deal with it. Um, so here we go. Here are, here are five that I think would be just, would be kind of fun. Um, I want to do Alice in Wonderland and I want to get Ari Aster to direct it. And I want Todd Phillips to write the script and let me walk you through what I have in mind. The opening credits of the movie, just the opening credits is like, like the Zack Snyder slow-mo intro for Watchmen. The opening credits are the entire Alice in Wonderland movie that you know. Okay. And then the movie opens, we smash cut to Alice just naked and, and, and like unconscious in a back alley in New York. And she wakes up and she clearly is just like, she just got out of some sort of like hazy state. And the rest of the movie is like the hangover where she's retracing her steps from like, how did I get from A to B? Right. right? So she has to quickly get some clothes and kind of retrace her steps and do all these things. So, as you, you realize towards the end of the movie that she just got dosed with some really, really, really bad shrooms at a party. But, okay. you know, the, the white rabbit was like her Uber driver that's trying to get her all over the city and trying to get there quickly. And he's real concerned about time because he's trying to make the next fare. The Mad Hatter is just some like knockoff hat salesman who sells like Yankees hats. Right, like in Times Square, you know, whatever. The Cheshire Cat is just some janky, you know, kind of alley cat that she was just completely off her mind and was like, oh, kitty. And like the Red Queen is like some bookie that she has like a gambling problem and she owes money to. That's why she associates her with the cards. So it's a funny script from Todd Phillips, but it's also kind of this horrific drug trip type thing that Ari Aster is going to bring home with a sense of reality. I think that'd be a cool movie. That would be kind of neat, I think. Anya Taylor Joy would crush this role. Yeah, dude. Let's get yeah. her in on this. Yes. Absolutely. I like it. You're going to have to talk me into Ari Aster a little bit more, but 
I, I do want to buy this. Yeah, right? It's like, like Ari Aster's going to ground this thing, I think. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. okay with going fantastical, but it's not going to get, like, Tim Burton-y ridiculous. It's going to be, it'll be grounded enough where it's like, okay, I can see how this was a shroom trip or whatever, yeah. whatever it ends up being. Todd Phillips can write it, right? He's a better, Todd Phillips is a better writer than he is a director, I think. So let him write the wackiest screenplay and Ari Aster will kind of bring it home. I'm green lighting this as long as nobody invites me to set because I don't want to be there. That's fine. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Weird place. Just be a silent investor. How about that? Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, next thing I've got is we we are doing a just a straight up reboot of Willy Wonka, and we're getting Quentin Tarantino to write and direct it. Right. Yes, we're. I mean, we're in. sold. Just light. the yeah. minute the minute they walk into that factory, the doors lock, and it's just it's just an, a nightmare fuel of like there's a girl there's a teenage girl who gets blown up to the size of a hot air balloon and explodes like like a blueberry just all over everybody else you know quentin's gonna go bat you know he's gonna go crazy when it comes to all the violence to it but then of course like willy wonka is gonna monologue in the only way that that you know quentin tarantino can do and here's the deal the oompa loompas they're all sam jackson they're all sam jackson <laughs> they've all got yep i'm in i'm in <laughs> And they've all got his attitude, right? They're just they're spewing curse words left and right, and they're ushering people from room to room. They're um, not they're not orange. They just all have orange Kangol hats on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like New York Knicks hats, you know, or yeah. something like completely yeah. bright orange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's I mean, I'm really. I still don't understand why. Uh, I still don't understand who? why Violet Beauregard isn't wearing shoes. I wish you would put some shoes on for yeah. this movie. Yeah, comfortable. Um, I, I'm gonna agree like this, but Shane, you're in charge of telling quentin that we have to cut that one scene where grandpa joe says the n-word for absolutely no reason yeah so, that's fine yeah that's fine we'll, we'll we'll trim that down in the edit bay and yeah that'll be fine but like i feel like willy wonka's bizarre penchant for monologuing quentin's just gonna crush you know who would play Shane, this i do willy have to wonka? i do have to let you know though we we brought up quentin tarantino earlier and we both made those exact same jokes oh did you really <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so ty made a why does this character say the n-word i made a why doesn't isn't this character wearing shoes we're nothing if not predictable and consistent here at the right yeah it's, it would be like anya taylor joy not wearing shoes and you're like all right quentin i i, I get it i get it, we get who, it who would be your wonka in this tarantino version oh man who would be the wonka i mean i feel like somebody like who's good at doing that i mean you know what honestly like if quentin's really involved here we could get leo like you could convince yeah. leo to do this right like somebody who's really high skill i mean you could probably get <coughs> excuse me you get mark rylance to do something like this Ooh, yeah tilda swinton yeah man you yeah. could get tilda swinton in on this absolutely and then who does michael madsen play Grandpa yeah, Michael Madsen's in there for sure. He's, you know what, Michael Madsen is uh, TV. What's his name? TV Mike or yeah. whatever his name. Is. That's his dad. Like just, just <laughs> yeah, a real yeah. absentee <laughs> parent who just yeah. doesn't care and just lets his son watch TV like nonstop. That's Michael Madsen for sure. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, you can see this, I'm right? Not yeah. With yeah. The idea of Tilda Swinton, Willy Wonka. That's all I'm ever going to be able to think about for the. Rest yeah, of the rest. Uh, yeah, absolutely, dude. That's fantastic. I'm in on that for sure. Um, okay. Uh, moving on. So this was addressed earlier in the show, but, but I want to bring it up now. So my version, I think of the R rated reboot of toy story, I'm getting David Cronenberg to direct this, right? Cause here, here's the thing. Oh yeah. I, I, this would work. Here's the yeah. thing, right? They're, they're toys, but buzz doesn't know that. 
But inexplicably, every single time Andy walks into the room, Buzz freezes like a toy. So imagine we tell Toy Story from Buzz's like from Buzz's point of view, where he realizes that he does not have autonomy over his body, and it's this kind of horror story that's just I mean it's terrifying as is, right? So then the first third of the movie is him just learning that he has no control over his body. That's horrific enough. Then it becomes this kind of rallying cry, like the great escape to get out of this house. Um, and then uh, like, there's good, definitely going to be a scene where they venture into Andy's mom's room and they meet a whole separate set of toys uh, that, you know, <laughs> as far on. as, yeah. Save it for the Patreon episode. Save it for the Patreon episode. Yeah, those toys get used a lot. Because as far as I can tell, his mom is single. Um, and then they finally escape the house God. and they go to Sid's house and then it just becomes like Schindler's. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like an awful, horrible prison camp movie, but yeah, again, it's just, a saw the, movie. What's yeah, it's a saw movie. Right. And David Cronenberg is the only director who can kind of bring all three of those things home at once, but it's just this body autonomy, like this horrible movie. Um, cause that, that's horrific. The idea of realizing that like, you're not who you think you are. And yeah, it's. So Toy Story, what a terrifying concept. Um, Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I hate Cronenberg body horror, but they're toys, so this works. They're, they're toys, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not, there's not a ton of, like, there's no, like, there's violence, but, like, there's no blood, because, you know, you cut somebody's arm off, it's just a plastic thing that pops out of a it socket. It would be very funny to just see, like, cotton pop and go flying. Yeah, because you're going to have a scene where Buzz still thinks he's a toy, and it's a Cronenberg movie, so a villain or someone's going to be, look, we don't bleed, and just starts cutting someone up. Yeah. Cutting another toy up. Exactly. All the G.I. Joe soldiers have, like, horrific PTSD. Like, you could bring in Oliver Stone to write those scenes, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just Platoon in this movie. It's Platoon, yeah. It's just, it's the, those characters are just Platoon. Yeah, exactly. They're smoking heroin in, like, the corner of Andy's room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the G.I. Joes are all just recreating Full Metal Jacket, but they're all like, in the background. Yeah. Yes, exactly, <laughs> dude. Amazing. Yes, the drill sergeant scene. Yes. yes. Our, our Lee Ermey is just screaming at them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. And, uh, yeah. and Cronenberg's the I mean, guy to bring this all home, I think. We're buying Green it. Yeah. Easy. Done. Okay. All right. Fourth out of five is we are doing a modern take on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Okay. Okay. So if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the story, it's, you know, Captain Nemo is the, is the, the captain of the Nautilus submarine. It's a submarine that exists underneath the, you know, it's 20,000 leagues under the sea, out of the jurisdiction of all the world's governments. The, the, Nemo, the Nautilus goes around and it, it, you know, fights all these monsters and sea creatures and it finds Atlantis and it fights this giant squid. And Nemo kind of goes crazy throughout the, the course of the book and towards the end of the movie he kind of loses it. So you want uh, an, uh, you want a screenwriter who's familiar with writing characters who kind of lose their minds. And that screenwriter is Andrew Kevin Walker. And you want somebody who's going to be able to bring this entire kind of crazy story in with a, with a detailed hand and still maintain the complex visuals. And that person is David Fincher. And does anybody know why that sounds like the best idea I've ever had? It's because this movie almost existed and it oh, fell wow. through at the last minute and it didn't happen. And let me re- I'm going to read two paragraphs from an article on Collider and I'll just explain what happened. In 2014, Fincher described the project to Playboy magazine, calling it effing cool. 
It was smart, crazy entertaining with the Nautilus crew fighting every kind of gigantic Ray Harryhausen type monster. But it also had this cool riptide to it. We were doing Osama bin, Neden, Osama bin Nemo, a Middle Eastern prince from a wealthy family who's decided that white imperialism is evil and should be resisted. But the notion was put to kids in a way where they'd say, I agree with everything he espouses. I take issue with his means or his ends definitively. I really wanted to do it, but in the end, the Disney didn't have the stomach lining for it. A lot of people flourish at Hollywood studios because they're fear-based. I have a hard time relating to that because I feel like our biggest responsibility is to give the audience something that they have not seen before. The same year, the director confirmed to Little White Lies, which I guess is a website, uh, that the report uh, that the movie got caught up in the casting minutia. Brad Pitt was going to play Captain Nemo, and then the movie took a little while to get off the ground, so Brad Pitt left to do David Ayer's uh, David, David Ayer's Fury. Um, and then they couldn't find a Captain Nemo, and then when they almost got somebody, they couldn't put all the pieces together with all the other cast. So Fincher then followed up. You get over two hundred million dollars. All the motion picture companies have corporate culture and corporate anxieties. Uh, once we get past the list of people we could cast as the different characters in the film, once we get past the two names who made them very, very comfortable making a movie at that price, it just became this bizarre endeavor to find what three names you could also then rub together to make it platinum. I just wanted to make sure I had the skill sets I could turn the movie over to, and I'm not really worried about whether they were big in Japan or not. This movie would have been incredible, and there's some production art that you can see that's kind of leaked online over, ever since, but... 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is a movie that's awesome. It could work as a kid's film if you want to tone it down. Or if you want to go full adult, you could make this kind of R-rated, you know, type movie where Captain Nemo's losing his mind and doing all this stuff. And Fincher definitely would have been the visualist to bring it in. And my God, is that one of the saddest things that, like, that almost happened in 2013, 2014 and just never materialized. Oh, I'm crushed by it. Yeah. That I'm, idea I'm buying this, and, and th th this is going to be our summer blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. With with Dev Patel as Captain Nemo. For sure, yeah. dude. For sure. Like it would have been awesome to Heck see that yeah. movie. Yeah, and so, so we so we bought we bought all of them. That's going to be our blockbuster. What's going to be our Oscar one? Probably Tarantino just cuz he's going to get a nomination no matter what. So we might get a few more. Yeah. Uh I'm we can release uh I guess the the Alice in Wonderland would be more of a comedy. So when do you usually release comedies like March? March. Yeah, March. Yeah. You just dump that thing in March. Yeah. And then... Uh, well, I, hold on. I, I got one more. I got something to hold us over in the in the oh. doldrums of summer. Here we we, go. we can do this one as a, as a TV show because, it, spoilers, this almost was a TV show. We're going to do an adult-centric, R-rated version, sequel reboot update of Galaxy Quest. Yes. Yeah, dude. Yes. 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 So I'm in. yes, so we're gonna do like a ten episode arc of that where they're so so in the movie Galaxy Quest that you've got the two factions right where they're actually in space, fighting you know aliens and saving cultures and doing all these fun things, and then every couple of years you come back to planet Earth and like you can do all these fun things where like one episode they come back and time has passed and all of a sudden it's like you said this one offensive thing on an episode of 1992 your whole show is canceled and then. They come back like three years later. And it's like, just kidding. We've reevaluated. Now what you said was, you know, whatever. You can do all these kind of fun, you know, very like topical, you know, kind of stories or whatever. I don't have a writer and director. So who, so I'm pitching you guys. Who's our writer? Who's our director? Who's going to bring this show home? We got to have like an edgy comedy writer. And I think we can make him the director too. Let's go Bo Burnham. 
I, you know what, dude? That that thought crossed my mind for a second. Interesting. I my idea is Edgar Wright. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. I think yes. Edgar Wright would make this super fun. Because not only would he make it funny, he would make it incredibly visually stunning. Like, yeah, man, Edgar yeah. Wright is the guy for the show. He's also a sci-fi dork like the rest of us, so you know he would do it with the tender, loving care that the show requires. But it, it is such a shame. Um, I mean, for for many many reasons, specifically for his family and friends and all of his loved ones. But it's so disapp- it's so sad that Alan Rickman passed away because Amazon. Mm-hmm was this close to they bought it they were developing a galaxy quest tv show and then alan rickman passed and they were and they were like he's such he's so much the soul of the show that we can't do this anymore and man we got this close to having a a galaxy quest show and man i want that show so bad they should do it like if if they were to do it they should do it like because whatever galaxy quest was like a show on earth they did galaxy quest the next generation yeah, and just have just a whole different cast, different show, and kind of do the same thing, but you know, still Galaxy Quest. It's almost like if the Orville had been picked up by HBO instead of Fox. Yeah, yeah. almost. Yeah, Orville. It was Orville is one of those shows that like could have been really funny if it had not been a network. The last like five episodes sure. of the second season of the Orville are really good when they figure yeah. out like what they're doing, but. It's hard. Yeah, to I think I've seen like five or six. I think I've seen five 15. or six episodes of yeah. season one, and it's just like this is. It's a cool idea, but it's on a ca- but network, <laughs> like cable network. Right. Whatever. So so it feels like it feels like a governor on a golf cart where you're like, this is fun, but I can't go over ten miles an hour here. Like there's yeah. more that I could be doing. Very deeply handicapped. I uh, love that idea, yeah. Shane. That that rules. That's our July Fourth blockbuster. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then Twenty Thousand Leagues is our Memorial Day blockbuster uh cronenberg i feel like the cronenberg and the tarantino movie are both like we could release that whatever it's going to get an oscar we're going to get oscar nominations because yeah for sure if it's good and then march for the alice in wonderland or straight to like hbo max or something like that yeah 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 cool i'm glad you guys reminder just a reminder everyone listening tm 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 do you steal our ideas Center our lawyers. Let's just start a broadcast or a production company. All right, Shane, you're the money. You've got the connections. You've also got most of the ideas. Me and Ty are just going to yell stuff sometimes. Yeah, so you take like all the, the risk. Take all the risk for us, and then you and guys most just of get the responsibility, and yeah. we just like shout from the corner. Name. Credit. What have you put on you, Taylor Joy? In it. Yeah. He's kind of all we're all we're going to add to this. Well, as as much as it pains me, I do have to announce a winner for an episode. And after hearing your pitches and careful consideration, I'm going to give this episode, based on the fact that I think more concepts have more leeway to go in different directions based on the talent we get, I'm going to give this episode to Danny Listby. Thank you. Just, this means I'm super wealthy and I'm getting movies made. Yeah, this there's awesome. just a little bit wider of a runway on his ideas where it's like we can go in multiple directions on a few of these stories where ties, they're cool, but but there's there's really like one on-ramp to this R-rated freeway. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're yeah. good ideas, but like we can go in multiple directions with Danny's list. So it's, it's going to be a and list B win for me. The best part about choosing me, Shane, and going into business with me, I'm very easy. You want to change something? Totally cool with it. Does not bother <laughs> me a bit. As long as the check clears, I'm good, dude. Where are we on the, the grandmaster list of wins and who's getting punished next? 
It's so confusing because uh, we've recorded so many episodes for the summer because I'm going to be gone. Yeah. So, like, yeah. in my head, I know who's in the lead, but, like, it, that's going to change yeah. within the next, like, I think I'm in the yeah. lead right now by a couple. <laughs> we, we normally do, like, four to five episodes a month, depending. I think we've recorded, like, a dozen episodes this month, and most of them will be releasing this summer. So I'm so backwards on where we're at with literally it's a anything close, at this point. It's a close market. Close. It's, like, it's, like, by two at the most. Nice. We're close. Nice. I eagerly await the next punishment session. That's going to be fun. Well, me and uh, we just recorded a We Should Watch a Movie episode that's coming out in July. And I floated the idea of Danny having to wear Janko jeans around for a week in public and has to take pictures and show evidence of him wearing Janko jeans. You act, you act like that's a punishment, dude. That's just style. You're doing me a favor. Jinko jeans and, uh, oh, man, uh, what what the hell were the name of those shoes that had the the, the, the shoes that had the grind plates in them? Yeah. You know, where it's uh, like, oh, if you want to jump on a handrail and grind yeah. down in your shoes so stupid and maybe like a nine inch nails like super baggy t-shirt yeah for sure i like it so i love you, it dude you danny you'll look you'll look super fly man i'm gonna look sick <laughs> this is my new style is, hey are you guys paying for this punishment quote-unquote punishment or no you have to actually make the pants <laughs> okay yeah easy not I, a problem I, i'm telling you this right now too since i have you on the air and i, I have you all on your back feet like I'm so thrilled that we should watch a movie is is coming back in a very small, limited, you know, kind of capacity. But you promised listeners Oceans Twelve and Oceans Thirteen, and I swear to God, if I'm not on the Oceans Thirteen episode, I'm gonna fly to Houston <laughs> again, and I'm gonna beat up Ty, and then I'll fly to Sherman, and I'll beat Danny up, and then I'll just go <laughs> hang out with Ellen. But well, I'm just saying, yeah. I love those movies, and we, you got to do twelve and thirteen, man. You got to get Bex back on the show, like you got to finish them. Me, me, and Ellen are all for it. It's all up to Danny. It is all on Danny. Shane, Shane, how many uh, how many podcast episodes have you recorded with Ty and Ellen? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> probably somewhere in the dozens at this point. I imagine yeah, too many. <laughs> too many, probably right. Yeah, you get it. Fair you enough. Get what I'm saying. Fair enough. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. <laughs> no we will at some point it's gonna have to be after the summer after yeah Ty's if he gets back like that's fine that's a little tease out, for later so. i mean look if it was yeah. like a kira kurosawa movie or something i'd be like i get it they're they're long whatever but it's oceans 12 and 13 those movies are a blast to watch we got to yeah, go back really, i forgot who i recasted in oceans 11 we got to go back and and listen yeah, to it's, that it's so long at this give time. ellen a chance to do it all as muppets again yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, we did get a couple of emails this week. First one is short, sweet, to the point. It's from our good friend Darth Roderick, who's on the, the episode with us last week. Uh, all he says is, I only have one request. Would John Wick please bring some justice to the Minions universe? Oh. Yes, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> I'm so in. Keanu Reeves just shooting a bunch of Minions. That, I'm so, that, yeah, I'm in. Have if you, you heard shoot the, him, uh... Ives, if you Have shoot you a minion, do they just explode yellow? Like, is that, you know what I mean? They just, they like, pop like a banana zit. That's a very fun idea. Have, have y'all heard the theory that uh, minions is actually created to uh, make uh, the younger generations more comfortable with communism because they're uh, a community that shares everything? And they don't use money and stuff like that. That's a real thing. Every time, you, every time you bring me a movie fan theory on this show, I die just a little bit inside. 
Yeah, Charlie, Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is actually the conductor in Snowpiercer. Did you know that, Shane? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> but I also don't read a lot of uh, OAN, so I, you I know, so at the same I time, I read it. I read that theory right after I read the uh, Reddit theory about Finland not existing. It's just water. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> so I'm just exhausted <laughs> all the time. Every time we have to record this show, we've recorded so many this month. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> Um, all right, next next email is from our buddy Jaeger. He says, hello, Rank Kings. Yes, I'm back again this week with another list. I almost didn't send one, but it came together faster than I expected at the last minute, so here goes. I went back and forth on my honorable mentions with a couple of different ideas. I'm not real excited about it, but I'm going with it anyway. I went with R-rated movies that would have, been an, an, would have had an even bigger audience with the PG-13 or lower rating. Uh, the first honorable mention is Goodwill Hunting. Uh, movie that I guess makes sense didn't really need to be R, except I think he dropped some f bombs, so um, probably would have had a broader audience with PG-13. Yeah, you can't really sense. have a you can't have a movie set in Boston and it not be rated R. You know, that's a fair. Point. <laughs> that's true. Yes, <laughs> that's a fair point. Have you uh, have you seen? One... I saw a clip on on like a video the other day, and he was talking about. I think they were talking about uh, dudes from New York, but it was the same thing. And he was like, people from New York just they they, they use the f word. It's a part of their vocabulary. And they just don't even realize it yet. He was like, I was in a history class in college with a professor, and he was talking about um, the the battle of the of the Falcon Islands. And, uh, <laughs> and my my buddy was like, "What islands you talking about, professor? What Falcon Islands you talking about?" <laughs> I've seen that. Yes, yeah, same same from Boston as well. That's good. Uh, next honorable mention is Boyhood, which I haven't seen. I don't know why it's rated R. You haven't Thanks. seen Boyhood. Uh-uh. Danny would hate Boyhood. Don't bother. Don't bother, yeah. Danny. It's yeah. It's, I, I don't like it either. I thought that movie was I'm, incredibly subpar. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's got some cuss words. There's some domestic domestic abuse stuff, but uh, I mean, it's right Could on the borderline of PG-13 and all. Yeah. Could yeah. have been PG-13 and had a broader audience, probably. Yeah. I don't. Need, I, I don't even think with the PG-13 rating, you're gonna have a broad <laughs> audience with with that movie. That makes sense. Uh, last honorable mention is Stand By Me. Oh. Which I also didn't know this was rated R. Yeah, also, I don't want to change anything about this. I love this movie. I grew, yeah. I grew up watching this a lot. Yeah, I mean, Stand By Me, part of the, part of the reason Stand By Me is rated R, the, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but the, but the last time I watched Stand By Me, part of it is these kids are all, what, tied? 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. They're and, like and, going. They're going into middle school. I think is like yeah. that. That's like the area. Whatever. So they're like twelve. Yeah. And and a lot of it exists where it's like they they know the f word, and so yeah. they just use yeah. it a lot to prove like I'm an adult. I know how to use this word. You know, and it's like a lot of people uh, did that when they were that age, where it's like I can say swear words too. I'm a, I'm a big boy, and so I think that's kind of a fundamental part of the movie. So I get it. You could make a version of the movie that's not rated R, but it's weaker. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, like, I'm pretty sure you have a scene where they're talking about girls, and clearly none of them know what they're talking about, but they're just trying to prove it to everyone else. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I don't want to change anything about that movie. I yeah. freaking love that movie. I grew up on it. Yeah. It's a good film. Uh, okay, let's get into Jaeger's list. Back to the original prompt PG movies <laughs> that would do well with an R rating. Uh, is number 10 is Beetlejuice from 1988. He just says darker and scarier. Yeah. Wait, that's a PG movie? I guess so. Isn't it kind of like a kid's movie? I mean, there are some pretty scary parts, but I mean, I could see a Tim Burton movie being PG. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was 1986 or 88. 7. 88. Yeah. 88, it says here. So it might have been rated PG-13. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. but It's PG. It's PG. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really, because Temple of Doom was the first movie that was ever rated PG-13, right? That was the first movie oh, that, that, that PG. I didn't even know that. Temple of Doom invented the PG-13 rating because the MPA was like, you can't rip someone's heart out of their chest and show that to kids. <laughs> But and Steven Spielberg was like, "I'm Steven Spielberg. You can't rate my you can't rate my movie R." And so they were like, yeah, "Fine, yeah. we'll create a new rating for you, Steven. Um, so that makes sense. I guess you could talk people into a PG rating. But yeah, I agree. That probably that definitely would be rated PG thirteen today. And you push that a little bit further off the cliff, you get a hard R rated film. I'm here for it. I, I'd watch an R Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, his number nine is Hook from 1991. He says Captain Hook, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Which is sick. I love that. I dig it. I dig it. A Cohen a Cohen Brothers R rated hook. Yeah, I'm in for it. Yeah. I'm in. I'm so in. That's so sick. Uh his number eight is Mighty Ducks. Apparently this was already supposed to be a darker film before Disney got involved, which I did not know. Yeah. I need to hear specifics about this. It does start with a DUI, so it does start pretty pretty dark for a kid's movie. Uh yeah. I don't I guess you go R with like you got to make it a hard R comedy for this to work. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a raunchy, raunchy kids cussing and all that. Yeah, yeah, Jaeger, you need to give us specifics about how this is supposed to be darker Thank before Disney got involved. Get get uh, Seth Rogen who, and whoever his writing partner is to write and direct this. I think it could be good. Yeah, I mean, you want to you want to see a movie where like there's a kind of a, a curmudgeon-y older adult teaching kids. Watch the original 1976 Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau. Yeah. That dude is just yeah. giving kids beer. Like that's like that's the level <laughs> of you know movie it is. It's like I think that Mighty Ducks was inspired by Bad News Bears, so I could easily see an R-rated version of the original screenplay of that. Easy. I don't I, watch it too. I bet it'd be good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, his number seven is Breaking Away from 1979. More intense, more cursing, maybe some steroids, and throw in a horrific cycling crash or two. I don't know this movie. Yeah, I don't know. know. Same. Never heard of it. My bad. Not familiar. It's a, what is Uh, it? Let's see. A working class in Indiana teen obsessed with the Italian cycling team vies for the affections of a college girl while searching for life goals with his friends. Okay. If you want an R rated version of that, Andy Samberg, uh, made two like 45 (laughs) minute, um, like fake documentaries. Um, and one is about a tennis match and one is about, uh, juicing up like during the tour de France and they're both hilarious. They're on HBO max. So if you want an R rated version of that, that's hilarious. Watch that one. Nice. Yeah. I'm in, uh, is number six. And I love this. It's Airbud. Airbud okay. eats a bag of cocaine and mauls his former abusive owner and an overbearing junior high basketball coach. Nice. So cocaine bear, but Airbud. Yeah. Green light it. As long as we're making like cocaine shark also and cocaine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Alligator. Alligator. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. If like, I'm green lighting this on the condition that that dog does not get hurt at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. One hair on that dog's head gets hurt. I'm out. But like, yeah, but, but the dog can, it can ruin everybody in the movie. I'm fine. Yeah. At our production company, there's no dog deaths in our movies. Yeah. Done. Yeah. That's actually the name of our our production company. No dog deaths. NDD productions. Yeah. Uh, okay, number five, Field of Dreams. Set in the South, ghosts of the Negro Leagues come back for revenge, respect, and to claim their rightful place in baseball history. Ooh, Spike Lee? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. done. 
pretty sick. It's pretty. Actually, that's a great idea. I would totally watch it's, that it's, movie. Yeah, it's kind of killer, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, number four is Minions. Imagine if Trey Parker and Matt Stone had made Minions. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Kind of really funny. Yeah, I'm in for any Trey Parker Matt Stone content. Have you seen the? Have you heard the news about their new whatever movie they're doing uh, next? Uh uh-uh, no. Kendrick Lamar is going to star in a movie where he's interning at one of those like slave plantation like replicas and yeah. he starts dating a woman a white woman and then through the course of the movie they realize through like the lineage program at the slave plantation thing that his ancestors were owned by his girlfriend's ancestors that's gonna oh, be the next Parker ma- the matt parker, Trey parker and matt stoner doing this yeah 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 and kendrick lamar is starring in it kendrick lamar is in it yeah I'm in. Are we sh- are we sure that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the two that we want making this movie? If it's a comedy, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's going to be a comedy. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. It's a very touchy subject for the two guys from South Park to try. I, I mean, are what? you surprised though? Like, are you surprised by that at all? They're always so. good. They're, all they do is push boundaries, so they're yeah. just going to keep doing it. I also love that he's interning at the thing. He's not even paid to be there. He's just <laughs> right. interning. Like that's that's its own joke in and of itself. So yeah, I mean, is it going to be politically correct? Absolutely not. But is it probably going to be funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jaeger's number three is Sister Act. Sex, drugs, and swears. Think Fleabag, but also teaching a choir of nuns to sing. That's incredible. I've never I've All never right. seen Sister Act. I've never seen Fleabag. So God, you know. should watch them both. Sister Act kind of rules. Fleabag definitely rules. I haven't seen Fleabag, but Sister Act is awesome. Yeah, you should watch it for sure. Flea, Fleabag is absolutely And who awesome. you cast in the new Sister Act? Issa Rae. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Very man. good. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, okay, number two is A Christmas Story. Keep everything the same, only this time Ralphie for real drops the F-bomb twice. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm in. I'm in. That's cheap, but I'm in. I'm t- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love uh, it. I hate a Christmas story more than I hate almost anything in this world, but that idea is so funny that I'm in. I Here's how we don't it. market it as like a remake or a new movie. We just we mark <laughs> like guerrilla marketing. Like, oh, did did you get the DVD this Christmas of the new Christ- <laughs> a Christmas story? Christmas like, story, yeah, mar- yeah. Market it like that. Every, everybody's everything looks exactly the same. The cover is the same. The back is the same. They just when you turn it over, it says R for the rating. Everybody's like, "Why the hell is this rated R? That's so weird." And then they watch it with their grandma, and that little kid drops <laughs> really hard F bomb a couple times. I'm yep. so in. That's so funny. Yeah, good idea. Um, and number one is the Truman Show. Truman is tortured even further. Stakes are raised. Maybe the director orders somebody to be killed for real instead of just writing them off of the show. What what if like after Truman leaves they make another show but it's set in like the sixties or seventies and it's just like crime ridden New York City and just like gross and like taxi driver but in a dome. <laughs> or it's mugged every single day. Or the new reality show is like the great race, but it's just trying to find Truman because he disappeared. So there's like seven <laughs> seasons of trying to find Truman like Bigfoot. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just love the idea of every single time this dude leaves his crappy little New York apartment, he gets mugged within like five minutes. You like somehow yeah. get him addicted to like black tar heroin, or something like that. <laughs> God, 
<laughs> he's just trying to go down to the bodega to get a coffee and some breakfast, and he's getting he's getting mugged every time. Yeah. Uh, P.S. Ducks fly together. That's how yeah. Jaeger ends that email. Love Thank it, you, Jaeger. Love you. Uh, you said you said a uh, great race. It reminded me of Rat Race. What if we did a Mad 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 World remake? R-rated, just the top comedians of our time, but make it R-rated. I I and may or may not. I may or may not have written a screenplay of just a remake of it's a mad, mad, mad. It's not going anywhere, but there's a draft of it on my hard drive of just me remaking that movie. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's one of my all time favorite movies and it's, that's just sitting there, man. That's just, it is there. the, it is the only time I've ever actually laughed at someone slipping on a banana peel ever. I've, I've never, that's never gotten me except for that movie. Except for that movie. Yeah, exactly. Is it bad that I've never seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, but I've seen Rat Race? Is that no, because the one is in black and white. No, it's not. No, it's not. Black, not Mad oh, World it's in not? black and white. No, no, no. Maybe it's, I it's, just assumed it was in It's in full white. 65 millimeter. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good. No, <clears throat> Danny, I, I get it. It's an older movie, but like, honestly, I because it's, it's all sight gags and visual comedy. Like I have not seen a single person. I've not met a single person who has watched the movie and didn't just love it. Cause it's, it is kind of a movie like airplane. Like you've seen, I assume you've seen airplane where it's like yeah. the, the, the overriding principle was, Hey, if you didn't like that joke, wait 25 seconds and there's another one coming. If you didn't like that joke, wait 10 more seconds. There's an, I mean, it's just joke after joke, after joke, after joke. Um, and you know what, to bring Ellen back to it, like we did an episode of love that movie with Ellen or I did one with Ellen, but if you, but if, if uh, we should watch a movie is coming back in, in bits and spurts, like that's a movie that like, I know you would like, because it's just such a funny, like, it's ridiculous that movie. And like, yeah, you, you would love it, dude. It's great. It's good. That would be a really fun movie to recast. Yeah. Yeah. Ellen and I did it already, but like, it's been long enough and there's more famous people now that like, yeah. You know, it would be fun to recast. Danny, you'd have a heyday recasting because there's like 20 solid. It's an ensemble movie with like more stars than you can possibly imagine. So just imagine the 20 famous, funniest people you can think of. And that's who you're recasting. Sweet. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save it for a random West Wave episode we want to do at some point in the future. Yeah. Sounds fun. Cool. Uh, are you guys ready to get out of here? Sure. Yeah. I think we, we've made a lot of business deals today, a lot of handshake deals. I think it's time to put pen to paper, make this official, get Shane to commit legally to funding <laughs> our ideas. Uh, let's really just rope him into this so we can get rich and retire. No Dead Dog Studio, good. man. NDD Studios, man. I mean, they signed it and delivered. Let's Let's copyright this right now. It's so good. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you for listening to the rankings. Huge thank you to Batman Shane. Shane, we love you. Thank you so much for coming on the show so often. You're also thank you for uh, recording the intro to the rankings. I think it was fantastic, and honestly, everybody loved it. We got so many compliments. We got way more compliments on the intro that you recorded than we did on the whole episode that we did. So. My my favorite part of that whole process was just finding random stupid stuff that you guys said out of context, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. this is going to be great. This is going to be great, you know? Yeah, you nailed it. Um, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RankingsPod. Don't forget the double K in the middle. Uh, join our Discord. It's free. Join our Patreon. It's not. Uh, you can find the link to those in our social media bios and our show notes. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then.